This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys were just wondering when Baby Couturier and Baby Drew were going to be NHL ready. I mean, we've waited long enough already. What are they, three years away? Come on, put them on the ice already. Are you ready for some hockey? A late summer party! Folks, hockey <laughs> is back. I'm not going to keep doing the song because I didn't write the full lyrics, but I like singing like Hank Williams Jr. So there we go. But folks, the Flyers are back. Hockey is back. I, for one, am very excited. Yeah, you're pretty pumped, right? You got two folks in there in the opening 20 seconds. So I know you're, you're up in reality for this hockey season to start. Uh, and we're here with all our rowdy friends talking about... Uh, some real fake-ass hockey, because they're just exhibition games, but it is late July, and uh, playoffs are almost here, Steve. <laughs> the playoffs. The August playoffs are almost upon us, so hell yeah, I'm stoked. Uh, how, how You've been enjoying these games? Been watching these games here? I mean, I've been watching bits and pieces. I very much enjoyed the Flyers-Penguins game. Yeah, let's start with just, that. That got me very excited, Just and it... it probably shouldn't have it wasn't the best hockey there was some <laughs> i'm particularly thinking about the flyers first goal which was hilariously sloppy oh yeah it's yeah. it's just thrilling to have back and have that feeling and it's ah uh, it just filled me with joy again i didn't expect yeah. it to but i am pumped like i really wanted to to jump out my window and scream in the streets and <laughs> I, Obviously wouldn't do that. I have to stay safe, but it's yeah, yeah. it was tempting. Well, you can do it with a mask on. I think that's a lot, but I no, it was uh, for a you can scream with a mask on. And <laughs> folks, if you're not aware, you can also have a phone conversation with the mask on. You know, you don't need to take the mask off to talk on the damn phone, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, it probably sounds like something people would do, but uh, it is what people are doing. The uh, I will say about it was. It was just kind of surreal to see it happening. Because, again, like, I, for the longest time, I thought, I, I didn't think any of this was going to happen. And then the last couple of weeks, I started realizing it was probably, you know, the move to Canada could happen. And then just to see them out on the ice. And uh, Flyers-Penguins being the first game, too, made it kind of, I mean, it was just kind of weird watching it all at first. And uh, the no fans is interesting. I think they're going to have to put advertising on the tarps. Like, I think that would be a quick way for the NHL to make a little bit of money. I don't know if that's what they can do, but uh, I was just surprised they looked as well as they did um, for not playing over four months. Like it was sloppy and the ice is going to be bad, but I thought it was just going to look a lot worse than that. I don't know. Like some guy, like Kevin Hayes and Ke- uh, Kevin Hayes and Sean Couture look like they haven't missed a beat. Like it looks like it's still the middle of March for them. Like Kevin Hayes. Yeah, and I'm going to throw a Provorov in that too. Yeah, Pro, yeah Provorov, Provorov was good man. too. Yeah. With that I mean, flow of his, holy oh shit. God, he's a, yeah, he's just a, a Russian machine now. I. How many French Bulldogs could you fit in Ivan Provorov's hair? <laughs> and that flow? At least two. I'll give him the credit of two. Uh, but he, and also, what was it? Uh, I mean, that first pair is going to be scary again too because Provorov is still looking ridiculous. And Niskanen had some kind of quote about how, uh, it was the most, of course, it was like the most Matt, this quote of all time he said something about how 
no crowd's going to help with the defense because they'll make for like cleaner like zone exit passes and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's the most. Yeah, that sounds. That's like the minivan answer for like that question right there of like what. Oh, that's what would 100%, no crowd That's like the most like bad shop yeah, talk. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm pumped about it because he's on on the Flyers top pair. So that top pair, the top pair looked good. Second pair not as much. Second pair did not look uh, too hot uh, yesterday, especially on that second goal. That second goal. Uh, um, the game time goal. I forget he even scored for the fucking Penguins. I think it was, um, I think it was Rust. I forgot to put it down. But uh, Sandheim and Myers didn't really clear the net. Couldn't grab rebounds, and that that fourth line. I think of uh, Raffle Thompson and uh, Farabee just kind of got worked over after a faceoff. So it wasn't uh, that wasn't great. But again, the top pair looked pretty good, and the two top centers looked pretty damn good too. So I'll, uh, I mean, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think you're gonna be a lot closer to winning those games if those components are working yeah yeah it's, yeah i mean if and especially yeah, i'll take couturier looking good and up to up to speed rather than nate thompson like I yeah, choose between the two that's an easy yeah. choice i will say like i'm trying to think of because i mean this is i'm president it hasn't happened before like the coming back from this kind of break yet it's all the same rosters and it's still the same coaching. So all the, the same lines of strategy there. So I don't think it's going to be that dramatic, like change in play. It's just going to be who is, who's still in like good game shape and isn't going to have any kind of rust. And uh, right now, if Couture and Hayes are ahead of like most of the league in that area, that's got to be fucking huge for the Flyers. And, and for overall, like that's just going to be huge for the Flyers. And uh uh, looking at, look, so I was going to talk about who scored yesterday. Katori, Hayes, and Lawton scored. Uh, Konechny, Drew, Proberoff, and Ghost each had an assist. Uh, by the way, I thought, you know, again, this is fly verbally, so you're going to hear that Ghost played well, and I thought he did play well. And uh, I thought he looked pretty good. <laughs> I just will we'll have to wait until actual uh, actual gameplay. And I don't know if he's It's an encouraging Sunday, start. But, an encouraging yeah, I mean, start from, from Ghosty Boy. Yeah, I mean, he's been going through – it's been dealing with some knee injuries the last couple of years here. And uh, I, again, uh, two both knees this season, I think. Yes. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and again, the, the four months off that game against Boston, he looked okay coming back into the lineup. And all he's had to do is, uh, he's had surgery and was able to recover. So hopefully, I mean, hopefully we see some form old ghost here. Um, but let's talk about that long goal real quick. Cause the long goal all around was just a, a thing of beauty. The shot, if there's the one thing in that game that really, like, I think that's why people were so pumped afterwards. It's because that Lawton goal was such a thing of beauty. Execution-wise, as you were about uh, to oh say, God. like, just yeah. overall, like, fantastic. And, like, that, ugh, it's just everything you want, right? That can, uh, that and I really, the fucking connecting pass, the, the multi-line pass, and he uh, he pretty much just shook the whole defense because he, uh, he turned to his right. And flung it out the middle of the ice, and nobody saw. Uh, yeah, nobody saw Lawton shrieking. And then he uh, just a chef's kiss of a move right there. Yeah, and uh, just a wonderful pass from Konechny, and uh, I really like the way that Konechny kind of turned his body there to open up the middle of the ice, and then hit Lawton with the pass. And yeah, can't really can't really beat that shot. Um, the Jerk Store's all-time bestseller, back with a vengeance, and oh, I thread in the needle with that pass. That was a, a just a beautiful, yeah. beautiful pass. Yeah, hey, he usually, you know, he gets, he gets some of that overtime magic passing. I think about that goal uh, Katori had in Columbus a couple years ago. That was a nice connecting pass, too. But, uh, I mean, it's besides nice to that. see some of the big guns, like, back in and ready for action. 
And I, yeah. we talked about how Provorov and Couturier and Hayes were ready for clutch time. Uh, Kinesi <laughs> looked pretty good. Uh, Scott Lawton looking good is great, especially because they're they're unsure about really where to put him right now, line wise. Yeah, I'm might. glad he's making it tough. Yeah, and he might be like that second line of Lawton, Hayes, Konechny could be. I mean, that was working for a decent clip in the season, and maybe that that chemistry just picks up uh, right here. But yeah, it's having the. I, I do feel like a big part of this tournament is going to, or the postseason is postseason is going to be a lot of just guys that are already ready to play because they're getting right into it. So to see Hayes and Katoria kind of already look close to midseason form. And Proveroff and uh, a couple of the other guys. I think that's huge for the team because it's just it's the switch of like uh, at the end of a regular season, you, the rosters change, coaching schemes can't change. Like a lot of a lot of things change, and there's a huge layoff between games. But this is just all the same teams are coming back, all the same mentalities are coming back. It's just four months between when they were played. So if you can get past the rust and the conditioning and get back to where you were as quick as possible from earlier in the season and beat out other teams in that aspect. I think that's just going to have the earliest jump uh, here going. So like top two centers killing it right now is, I think is pretty big for the Flyers. I think yeah. that'll be huge uh, on the round robin games. Yeah. And so we talked a lot about the, the forwards and a little bit about the defense, but what did you think about the goaltending? Like I thought Brian Elliott looked really strong coming in and relief for the, the second yeah. half of the game where what, was it just the third period? Yeah, he just played in the third. Uh, he gave up a goal, but it really wasn't. I didn't think it was really on him. I thought that was he didn't get any any help from Sanheim Myers in the and the fourth line. Uh, he had a leaky rebound to start that goal against, but then he also made a pretty good desperation save, and somebody should have been able to clear the puck on him. And um, I thought Hart looked fine too. I mean, I don't think Hart was really challenged, and the one goal he gave up wasn't really his. I think it looked worse than it did. Like that was a pretty well placed shot, and also Voracek and Drew were still trailing in coverage. So it was kind of it was like a cross ice one timer that it looked like he gave up a bad goal, but it was really I don't I don't know if there's much to could have done with it. But yeah, Elliot looked sharp, and that's kind of key because Hart did miss uh, earlier in the return to play. Uh, he had, he had an injury, and there's a little bit of scare with that. But he uh, if Elliot needs to come back out and left a, a leave off where he was uh, earlier in the season and hopefully just be able to fill in for Hart if he does go down or is hurt here or just, I don't know, it gets like the yips in the postseason or something, which again, you know, it is it's rookie in the postseason. Yeah, it is Philadelphia. And it's a, a rookie goal in the postseason, so we don't know exactly what we're going to get out of him yet. But uh, if as long By as way, Elliot... Loving that new Moose helmet. Oh, yeah, it is pretty dope. Yeah, it is a pretty good helmet. And he, uh, and I, I, yeah, he's fun. I mean, he had a good, I thought he had an all right season and I think he's been exactly what you need a backup this year. And I don't think I would have had as much confidence in that last season or uh, saying that with him coming back, but he's been, he's been a fine backup and you know, you don't want anything to happen to Hart. Uh, but it's, you know, if that injury does come back or if it keeps reoccurring, uh, Elliot's not the end of the world going in that there. I, I think that's an already backup to have. That's and he exactly looked, and he looked fine. I, I think he's been exactly what you'd want from a backup exactly this year. And I'm I'm really happy with that. So considering, you know, a pretty good warm up game from the Flyers, uh kick off some of the rust and all that. There is a nice little gap between games, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But yeah. considering everything, how are you feeling heading into the first game that actually somewhat counts the round robin matchup with the Boston Bruins that's coming up on Sunday afternoon. 
I mean, well, we are watching the Bruins tonight, and they're not exactly uh, looking too wonderful against the Blue Jackets, but I think uh, I feel pretty good going into Sunday. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game because, you know, the Bruins may not look that great in this exposition, but they're still uh, the Bruins. And it's uh, I really don't know. I have no idea how to gauge these round-robin games, but I want to say um, – I mean, the Flyers played the Bruins pretty tight all season long, and I don't. It's not going to be a high-scoring game, but I think it could be a, a close defensive game, and uh, which might favor the Bruins. But I, I think the Flyers are going to be fine. Like uh, all the main guys that need to get going in the exposition game, pretty much stepped up. The really the only things I'm worried about are uh, the second pair. Uh, I'm worried about the second pair, and the fourth line didn't look great. But that's it's the fourth line, and that isn't going to be you know. I guess uh, deal breaking if they're not great, but the second pair need, is is a deal breaker. I think they like Ryan said it was uh, Ryan Gilbert wrote about the other day. It was uh, I think the big X factors are that second pair and Carter Hart. So second pair kills it. Flyers have a pretty solid top four, and it's going to be hard to play against them if they are shaky slash look a little rusty or, or inconsistent. It it's, it's going to be a lot for Proveroff and Niskanen to carry if they don't have any help beyond them. So. Um, so, I, I mean, that's pretty much what I'm looking for on Sunday is just how they play. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I really – I don't know what to expect. I'm going to say – I just want to know if the NHL can force Brad Marchand to wear a full face mask, like <laughs> extending maybe over the oh, entire front torso because that liquor oh, cannot man. be pulling his shit right now. Yeah, I was going to say, if he if he tests that, I wonder if it is going to be – if that would be any kind of uh, – yeah, if he would get uh, punished by the league at all. Like now in this tournament, if he was to do something like that, I feel like he's not. I don't know. I feel like he's not going to. I feel like there's a there's got to be some level of decency that these players realize they can't do something like that. I, I, I know. I know. We're talking about. I know. Level of decency. I know. And I'm I'm also saying that about him, and he he fucking licked the dude's face last year. So like it is a thing where yeah, I guess he's a complete wild card. He can do whatever he wants. So I don't know. They're they'll, they'll keep an eye on him. Yeah, but he's probably gonna he'll do something dumb. Excited for the round robin to start and and games to actually matter. Yep. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. Me too. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I was happy with these exhibition games. I'm just happy TV's back. Or, I mean, I'm happy TV's back and hockey's on it. Is what I was about to say. I'm I'm glad hockey's back and it's on TV. So. <laughs> <laughs> well put, Craig. Well put. I can't believe it's actually it's a real game on Sunday too. It's kind of crazy that they're already getting back into it. It's Flyers it's Eve. Here. It's that's right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all the shenanigans can start on Saturday, though. And uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And then Flyers are Sunday at three. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, did you okay. kind of counts? Kind of counts. Yeah. Well, thankfully, you know, not too, too important. So I that is the so one. It, I actually had a question based on that then. Oh, yeah, yeah, how yeah, much it ahead. counts, because so. You know, one of the the biggest hockey playoff traditions is the playoff beard, and it mostly counts for players, but you know, a lot of fans like to play along at home. I've certainly done it before. So, when does the playoff beard start counting, though, for for this (laughs) situation? Like, do you start counting it? With the exhibition game, so I, I don't, I've, I don't say the exhibition game, but do you start the first round robin game? Do you start with the actual playoffs? It's, all right, so know, here's it's, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. Here's where I'm going. Here's my, here's how I'm going to break it down. I'm going to give it to you, Steve. No exhibition games. Nobody should be growing beards for the exhibition games. Uh, I'm guessing the idea of the, yeah, the idea of the playoff beard is to have it 
to grow as long as possible because you're still alive. So I think the top fourteen, the eight teams in the round robin, should all be able to start growing their beards right now. And then the teams that win in the qualifying round are able to start once the next round starts. So like the eight teams that have the top eight seeds should be able to get get a jump start on all this and start getting hairy right, right away. And then the teams that need to still win the qualifying rounds have to have to shave daily, maybe twice daily. And then once they win, once they get into the next, the actual first round of postseason, then they're going to start growing their beard. Oh, so you're saying they have to go the other way, where they have to remain extra. Yeah, because they haven't done well, anything yet. They're not tough. in the postseason <laughs> That's tough yet. luck for yeah. Jake Voracek, because he came ready for clutch time. Oh, no, he can, but he's, yeah, he can he can keep growing it out, because the Flyers are already good. So he can keep growing it as long as he wants. It's going to be, uh, <laughs> like the Penguins and Canadians, they got to shave right now. And then whoever oh, wants yeah. that Well, I mean, Sidney Crosby should just shave in general, because we... we <laughs> We know it's no good. <laughs> just, it's no yeah, good. Just, <laughs> editor's note, you should start shaving right away, buddy. Uh, yeah. And then also, somebody's got to wake Carey Price up to start shaving because he's been taking those nippy naps. And he's got... Oh, napping got time for Carey Price, the secret. Which dude. looked like he was uh, napping the other night on a couple of those shots. Oh! Hey-o! So, Hey-o! Canadians fans listen to this uh, Flyers podcast, but... I, uh, yeah, know, so that's... That's why, we, that's why we recorded in both English and French, so <laughs> Les Habitants fans can enjoy it verbally. Tell me that we Le flapperbally. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what the, that's got to be the translation. So what? So what? That's a hundred percent the direct translation. Where, where'd you settle on the? What was that? Where'd you settle on the playoff uh, beard? Uh, I was going. I thought you were going. Oh, I, I think. Yeah. I think it's perfectly acceptable to start doing it before the round robin games because it does kind of count, but. The official start, if, you know, if you just feel, you know, I don't feel like shaving for the next month or two, the official start would be the actual playoff game for your team. All right, that's fair. Yeah, so yeah, we would have... If the... you want to start at the round-robin game, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm saying as as teams that, like, you know, the round-robin thing, we the, the top eight teams should be rewarded. So they should, their fans should start to get hairy immediately, is what I'm saying. Okay, so the judge decrees they should start getting... Harry immediately. I'll, I'll pound the gavel here. Thank you. Yes, there we go. I've got a tiny <laughs> hammer of Thor Mjolnir oh, 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 on my desk. Oh, oh. That it's uh, the gavel for the fly purpley court. This is the judge Forsyth. Is that still on? It's the people's court. I don't know. I'll look it up. All right, you. I'll give you discuss amongst yourself. I, mean, I just wanted I'm... to quickly say before we moved on from the whole beard thing that the picture of Jake Voracek walking around with his mask over his big red beard was fantastic. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> I also like the quote of because uh, he had the he had the mispractice or something like when he first came over and it became a whole thing with like the COVID tests and they asked him about it and he's like, no, I'm fine. What the fuck? You guys always blow shit up <laughs> and he's like getting pissed at people were asking him about the COVID test or something. But classic. Uh, Classic Voracek uh, exhibition games. I didn't. Really oh wait, watch. wait! I have an update on the People's Court first. Okay. Oh yeah. This please. is very important. So the People's Court is still running. It's been with oh, yeah. Judge Marion uh, Marilyn Millian. I think that's how it's pronounced uh, since the year two thousand and one. Okay. All right. So it was. There have been four judges on the People's Court, and it's been uh, Marilyn Millian since Millian since two thousand one. Who was before that? 
it was uh, Wapner, the famous Wapner, definitely time for Wapner, oh, okay. uh, from 81 <laughs> to 93, Ed Koch from 97 to 99, and Jerry Scheindlin from 99 to 2001. All right. Okay, I was going to say, I think of, yeah, yeah, the most recent one. I already forgot uh, the woman's name that he said, but that's what I think of. That's all I remember watching when I was growing up. But it was a good show, good entertainment. It's, uh, it's a good show to watch. Probably catch up on it during all this... Uh, this COVID stuff. But uh, Steve, what other exhibition games did you watch? I only watched a couple of them. I watched. I'm currently um, watching the Bruins and the Blue Jackets. Uh, which we talk I watched a little bit game. of the the Blackhawks and the Blues, which the Blues looked very ready for sleep time for nap time. <laughs> yeah, Carey Price. But yeah, they're ready to hang out. Yeah, and I watched a little bit of Rangers Islanders, which got a little chippy, which is just a little crazy. Well, not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy I don't remember if I watched you. anything else, but that was that was the main stuff I watched. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I watched Hawks uh, Blues too because I saw Kubelik goals and like the second one, Jake Allen looked real soft on. Um, the yeah, yeah, the Islanders Rangers. I only watched. I watched some of the replay today, and I saw yeah, I saw Boychuk and Brendan Lemieux fight. I mean, Claude's kid get into a fight with you know uh, during an exhibition game during the. Uh, coronavirus that sounds about right that seems like a like a cloth of your choice so i wouldn't expect anything other from uh from brendan but it looked it did look like boy chuck was going after him so and then and then also uh or boy yeah brian boyle and the circuit had gone to a fight too in the um in the lightning panthers game i watched some of that game too in the lightning absolutely fucking mop the floor with the panthers the panthers i think are gonna get worked in the first round i just don't think they're there uh defensively and i don't think bob I think that contract's going. I think that contract's already looking bad, <laughs> and they're not even done the first year of it. There's uh yeah, it's looking just real a couple bad. More to go. Just a few more years to go. Um, I did enjoy. What are some of the other things I enjoyed? I watched Cavs Hurricanes, and the fan noise in that game was bonkers. They made that so fucking loud, and also like they had. That was the most ridiculous game when it came to like the reaction time of the crowd stuff too. Because there was at one point, I just remember Oshi making a good move. And before he finished the chance, like they pushed the button to initiate the crowd noise or whatever. And I was just like, all right, this is a little too weird. Like, we know there's nobody there. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about like. I don't love I don't the crowd know. noise. I don't like it either. I'd rather just hear like I, the, the sounds of the game. I don't know. I do like what they've done with the stadium, though. Like the big screen and covering up the empty seats. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually good. like that a lot. I think they did a great job with that. But the crowd noise is just weird. And I, I don't need it. I would actually love to hear these guys just screaming at each other yeah and i know there's apparently there's going to be some kind of delay so that we don't hear all of it but still that's all i want to hear especially if we're going to like you know this isn't going to happen uh again i think i'm not not i, guess I hope knock on wood yeah but like you know so i kind of want i want this unique experience i guess while we're watching it and i do think i'm gonna say it again because i want to i want to piece of this cut if the nhl does it they should put advertising on these fucking seats that's how you make money right now too just throwing it out there. I don't know if that's illegal. I don't know if that's even possible where they're talking about it, but you heard it here first, uh, first folks. So, uh, I mean, you can put on the giant tarps. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, just the uh, like on the um, like that's covering the seats. Like I the, see. The, I thought you yeah, were talking yeah. about the actual seats. No, no. I mean, no. Yeah, what yeah, do you yeah. think about putting you know cardboard cutouts of fans in in there like the uh, like the yeah, so like a, 
like uh, yeah, the base. Actually, I thought that was a, a fun touch by the Phillies, uh, and they honored healthcare workers with it, which was oh, always great because they are the people that are still out there working uh, their asses off and yeah, you know un- unsung heroes. I mean, they've been sung a little bit, but they could be sung not more. anywhere near as much as they should because those people yeah. are uh, drain a lot of energy right now, and people aren't helping them out. But that's besides the point. Yeah, I no, I like the idea because a bunch of people baseball teams have done that right where they just put like cardboard cutouts in the seats and then like i forget what game it was but somebody hit a home run and took off like one one of the, the cutout cutouts head or something so like i want to see that i want to see those players in the uh in the nhl games but i want them to put like celebrity cutouts there too weird who was tweeting uh Chally was tweeting at me about this yesterday and i was saying i want to see like this put like all these different celebrities just a couple rows up so when the pucks go into the stand they're just like hitting them too like at the baseball games when the home run goes out or the foul ball goes out, like they're just hitting cardboard. It's just to see like random celebrities just eating a puck. I don't know. <laughs> just like, you know, you just look up in the stands and fucking Jesse Eisenberg's getting a puck in the face or something like that. Some random shit. Like, just like some fucking rando person like that. Just getting, or just like, you know, they like make a mockery of it. And like during like this Panthers Islanders game, they're like, Oh, Looks like uh, Anne Hathaway is in attendance, and there's just like a cardboard cutout, like a random, like Aunt, like you know, random actresses or actors like that. So that was my well, Kid idea. Rock getting a punch <laughs> straight to the noggin. <laughs> yeah, Kid Rock at the fucking like, uh, yeah, Leafs Blue Jackets game, like just nowhere he would be IRL, and they have like a cardboard cutout of him at this game. So that's what I was thinking. Um, I think Chadley, yeah, Chadley said the uh, the wacky inflatable arm things, like they do at like the car dealerships, which. I would also be about if they just put one of those like in each section, just to distract the players or distract catch your eye on the TV. <laughs> Matt Niskanen uh, would not approve. No, Matt. Yeah, he would be like, "This isn't. This is not business at all. This is fun, and I don't like this." And then he'd probably talk about how it's disrupting like his outlet passes or his ability to, like quarterback a power player or some shit. He would give the most responsible answer out there because <laughs> he's Matt fucking Niskanen. Matt um, fucking Niskanen. Dad yeah. Niskanen. <laughs> Uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, Pashenik apparently tweeted Tom Wilson's the best scorer in the league. So now the question is who tweeted that from his phone? It's got to be Brad Marchand, I think. It's got to be. Yeah, uh, that's. I think that's the conclusion everybody came to. They probably already said he did it, but I, I didn't care to check. Uh, what else from the other? Um, well, that's because it's Like why? You know. Yeah, who cares? No, you don't need to check up on that. Uh, Ethan Bear. Uh, played in the exhibition game yesterday with Cree uh, syllables on his uh, the name of his jersey because uh, he grew up in the and I'm hoping saying this right because you know it is my Ochapalasi Nation uh, Cree First Nation in Saskatchewan um, and I thought they did a, a unique nameplate for his jersey Ethan Bear's jersey because uh, he's indigenous and then they also did one for Kali Yamamoto who uh, his paternal grandfather is uh, Japanese so they made his name uh, they turned his name played in the Japanese. Like, they nice. Played name. Yeah, I like so that. I don't think Yamamoto played in it, though, if I remember, because I think he scored yesterday, and I don't think he, I think his name played said Yamamoto, but Bear played with the, uh, yeah, with the Cree on his jersey, so I thought, I I don't understand why the league doesn't do more of that stuff, because I know the NBA does, like, the, um... You know why the league doesn't do more of that stuff? Because they're the NHL. Yeah, they're boring as shit. Yeah, like they don't do anything worthwhile or crazy. Yeah, but doesn't didn't the MLB and like NBA do that kind of stuff too? Like where they had a week, like nickname weekend or something. Yeah, like the the yeah. uh, MLB is rolling out yeah. more and more of that stuff, which yeah, you know, they're this... not a great example for anybody right now. Which I will get into a giant <laughs> on later. But it's yeah, like they they've been doing more fun stuff like that. They have the the little league 
weekend where like players will wear like the special jerseys and right. the uh the nicknames and i think they have a straight up nickname or like twitter handle weekend or something too like yeah, yeah they're they're doing increasing amounts of this stuff and uh, the nba in general just tends to embrace more of that fun side i mean they have so many variant jerseys that pop up throughout the year which i love i i can't believe that we don't have at least one throwback Flyers jersey night a year. Like, that's insane. Oh, yeah. I don't understand. The amateur really should do more of that shit, too. Because, yeah, the NBA uses it. The NBA, they I feel like they there's already so many jerseys for each team just throughout the season. You have 82 games. Like, I don't know. Fucking spice it up. And also, I think, like, you know, these are a little more important because they're a little more, uh, you know, personable. And uh, maybe not just nicknames, but, I mean, like, this is – yeah, I want the NHL to do more shit like this. I don't know. It's a pretty you cool want idea. Them to show right. some personality. Yeah. Who would have thought? Maybe that you know, maybe that's the, the way to go. A little more excitement to this game, letting uh, players show uh, the personalities and shit. But what do I know? Oh, wow. I don't know shit. Uh, you want to do a playoff predictions real quick, or do you have anything else you want to talk about the uh, exhibition games here? I think we got most of them. Uh, most of it covered. Crowd noise kind of weird. I'd say uh, I, I can do without it. The tarps, I'm already used to. Like I'm already like the the whole element of no fans in the in the rink. I think I'm already like I really don't care about already. Crowd uh, noise weird. Tarps, good job with, and also the big video screens. Like I think the setup's really good. It's I, just it's... the crowd noise, and also I don't really notice it for the most part. I, so, I don't really it's only not notice that bad, it. but yeah, <laughs> when it's bad, it's bad. Yeah, I was going to say, I only noticed with the Caps-Hurricanes game because it was bad. Like, it was just, it, it sounded like there were a ton of people in the stadium. And I was just, or they were in, I was just like, well, yeah, <laughs> we know this isn't true. But, uh, they should just, you know, play stadium music the entire time. Just like Queen. And, <laughs> no, that, because then it then it becomes like a National Lacrosse League game. Oh, like my the God. The Wings yeah. are playing. <laughs> oh, man. You like, ever, they just uh, play like 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 hard rock the entire game like <laughs> oh it. yeah did you all right how often did you uh i don't remember what the baltimore Cleveland was how often did you go to like philadelphia wings or philadelphia kicks games do you ever I go to either think, of those games i don't think i've ever been to the kicks i've been to at least like three wings games because uh, i I don't know if Baltimore has a or if they had one when I was growing up, the lacrosse team, which is kind of ironic because it's Maryland and that's like one of the three things people do down there. But the um, like they had Baltimore Blast too, which not the brag, pretty good fucking indoor soccer team, Steve. And uh, they follow me on Twitter with worth also mentioning. But they uh, they cleaned oh, wow. up. And they're pretty good. And uh, I mean, indoor soccer is just dumb because they they have like a three point line. There's like all these set plays for like ten feet of space. It gets it gets real stupid real quick. But uh, that was just me. Just talking about sports, bro. Just like sports. That's all I was talking about. Uh, uh, I went to one. <laughs> I went. I went to one Philadelphia Soul game. Did not care for it. I arena football just doesn't appeal to me. Like it's just too many points. It's too many points and too like gimmicky. I don't know. It was. That's exactly how I found it. Yeah, Way like too gimmicky. Like it's that league only existed because people wanted football so bad and it was March. Like, I feel yeah. like that's why that league existed, <laughs> but the current iteration of the national lacrosse league does not have a Baltimore team. Uh, do you want me to go through these team names real quick though? Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Light on. Of course. Of course. <laughs> the Buffalo bandits, the uh-huh. Halifax Thunderbirds, the that's Rochester cool. Nighthawks. Give it to me. The Toronto rock. Okay. 
Georgia hold on, hold on, Swarm. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rock like is there a logo of guitar or rock like like rock like a rock? Like would... as a rock. <laughs> uh, their logo is a maple leaf with the word rock. Okay, That's cool. Now rock we're not, Let's move on. We're not focusing on. The, we're not focusing on the Toronto Rock. If they're not helping us out, we're not going to talk about them. They're not helping us out. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Solid worst logo in history sports. The Georgia Swarm. Uh huh. The New England Black Wolves. I don't know okay. why they couldn't right. just be wolves, but no. okay. Yeah, that's yeah. Gotta have four words. Uh, the New York Riptide. <laughs> the Riptide, which is, of course, known best for taking poor swimmers out to what? their doom. Why is everybody just named like the fucking tigers or like the lions? Why is it all like these aggressively unique birds? <laughs> <laughs> Your Philadelphia Wings, the Calgary Roughnecks, which is okay. very Calgary. Yeah. Sounds like a the letter. Colorado, the Colorado Mammoth. Mm-hmm. The San Diego Seals. I actually like that one. Okay, that one I kind of do like. The Saskatchewan Rush. Oh. And that's banner, just, banner, banner, I was going to say. Banner, 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 banner. At all their home games, all they dare do is just blare 2112. That's all they do. And they just just that. Nail Pert! <laughs> Best fucking drummer. That's all their fans yell the entire time. Little time. So technically precise. <laughs> The Vancouver Warriors, and so oh, they're coming. Go. They don't have a name yet, but Fort Worth is getting a team. They don't have. They're going to play in Dickey's Arena. But oh, by the way, speaking of no-name teams, not to go further off the path here, but okay, Washington football team. Real quick, let's talk about it. Oh yeah, let's talk about it. I so I you know I hate Washington. We know that. I want them. I want them to go like 15 and one and lose the Super Bowl this year. So then they contemplate whether or not they should keep a no nickname organization or keep rolling with it. Like I want them to settle on the fact that they don't need a nickname. And then it just makes like the rest of the league look bush league because they want to have a nickname. They're like, oh, that's cute. We came here to do work. We're here to play football. We're the Washington <laughs> football team. So, you know, you guys can, you know, putz around and call yourselves the Eagles or whatever. But like, I feel like that would be a, I feel like more teams need to do that. Approach sports like an adult and cut the nicknames. Make it <laughs> strictly business. The Philadelphia hockey team. Or you could be, well, yeah, that's how I like to think of them. It's a professional organization, the Philadelphia Hockey Club. That's why I always call them the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. No, I, I call that to, <laughs> to mock the New York football giants. Stupid. Oh, uh, yeah. Football team. That's a... Shut up. Um, <laughs> I think that's a Chris Berman thing. I don't know. I think it, I think it was a Kenny joke. I think it may have been. Oh, is it a Kenny Mayne joke? Well, you know, I'll I do like Kenny Mayne. Yeah, Kenny Mayne. I do like Kenny Mayne. Yes. Yeah. Because I think that but was. But I still just, uh, you know, Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. That's where yeah. it comes from. That's what I like. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I, they could. They could certainly do it. And no, they, they can't do it. There's no way. They oh, no, really they suck. suck. Yeah. And also, yeah, they're really bad. I don't, I don't know if there's going to be a football season, bud, because it's not looking good. But well, baseball you just crushed really my dreams. I, I crushed a lot of dreams there. <laughs> but I didn't crush them because I didn't decide that no, you the NFL won't be played in a bubble. Like I, yeah. we got to give the NHL and the NBA credit. No, look, the bubble idea is easily the best idea that could have happened for playing COVID sports, which is uh, the video game this year. Of course, COVID sports. It's, <laughs> it's the least bought franchise out there. The least bought franchise. It's very unpopular. You, uh, I, I can't. Um, <laughs> 
but like MLB has just failed so spectacularly. Yeah, they've really screwed it. it up. And I, I just can't believe this entire debacle with the Marlins and the Phillies. The latest on this, I, I have to verify if this is real, but the, the Marlins went to a strip club to that's what i saw that's what i saw so i didn't actually have a meal or to enjoy a strip club which one was it uh well i mean i don't i haven't gone to strip clubs just enjoy meals i don't know that's not i feel like that's not go for the you don't go for the breakfast buffet yeah i'm not like you know what i'm really feeling a a slider right now let's go instead of going to a local restaurant let's go to the strip club i don't know i I, we're talking about athletes here i'm pretty sure catch craig for (laughs) for lunch yeah the Some lunch perves. with Greg. Delilah's. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, totally. But no, I'm going to guess. Uh, perves. <laughs> I'm going to guess uh, a bunch of these guys. Yeah, just for uh, yeah, looking for a good time. Which is, I mean, I I don't know how the MLB handled it to the situation where apparently like, there's a text there going on talking about whether they should play in the game, like the Marlins players. I don't know yep. how that decision was out of. Like, that's where, as long as the NHL has their I hands in it, it, and there's no way that a team can be like, should this guy with COVID play? And they're making sure everybody with COVID is off the ice. Then that's my big thing is I, the numbers look good. Like, everything right now, honestly, for the NHL and NBA, like you said, like, it's, I, I got to give the NHL credit. It looks like it's going well. And man, I can't, yeah, again, I'm, like, I can't believe that. But also, I only worry about the COVID totals because, again, we're talking about a league where dudes are, like, taking Percocets and playing through, like, torn labrums and ACLs and shit. And then we find out after the postseason. So I'm just worried about, like, after it's all done, we're like, yeah, a couple teams just played with a few players with COVID. It wasn't a big deal. And then we're like, all right, how? what is that? I don't know. Like, it turns like out Sean Couturier doesn't have legs. He's just hovering about with a, <laughs> yeah, like, a I don't know. Legs. And I don't know how that uh, like crazy that sounds, because I don't know how like likely it would be that what we just saw with the MLB. Like, how how did the, how were the players like, you know what, I have it, but let's do it anyway. Like, let's that shouldn't anyway. be... Yeah, that shouldn't be on the table at all. So, if the NHL yeah. has that eliminated, then I, I it looks good right now. It really does. Yeah, but th- uh, that's the thing. They need to stay vigilant and not leave any decision making. Again, I don't know how much the decision making was up to the Florida Marlins yeah, see, that, decision yeah. to play against the Phillies. But the fact that they even had a text thread where they were asking each other if they wanted to go out and play is insane to me. Yeah, it's it just, bonkers. It's insane to me. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like, and Don Mattingly had to say, like, no, the coaches, the players should not have any say. It should be entirely up to a doctor and a league official. Just because coaches and players always want to give a hundred percent, get out there, win the game, competition, blah, blah, blah. It's bigger than that. And the fact that baseball didn't have a proper protocol in place is insane to me. It's absurd. It's a disgrace. What a shitty sport. What a shitty commissioner Manfred is like, I'm stunned. I'm stunned that it's it's gotten this bad, and I mean they don't even know what they're doing with the Phillies at this point. They're just stuck in limbo because the Marlins were a bunch of assholes, giant assholes who just couldn't, you know, abide by the protocols. Just and, couldn't, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, I just yeah. So I honestly, the that situation with the MLB feels like something that would have been feels more like an NHL, like that feels like shit that would happen to the NHL, but. I got to I mean, I'll give them credit so far. They've somehow looked like the most competent league. 
I and it's it's really fascinating. Like it, that blows my mind. I really thought they were gonna bungle a bunch of this shit up, but uh, I guess having the nice out of having games in Canada or having an avenue to play in Canada helps a little. But still, you know, NBA could have figured something out like that too to play not in Florida. But even like I think they're still gonna be fine in Florida as is. Like they should. Yeah, they probably will be. I mean, yeah. they need you know Lou Williams to not go sneak out to the street. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. 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 But I mean, the Marlins have 19 guys on the team now that have tested positive for coronavirus. 19. Yeah. And then the Phillies, like, what was it? The Phillies got a coach and then didn't like a bunch of like uh, clubhouse personnel test positive today or like two. I believe like, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that whole fucking Which is, it, it's just so shitty that they would, because it, it, it's a selfish thing to, to not report that and to go out there and play. Like you need to self quarantine immediately if you, you learn that because I, I think the, the Marlins learned Friday about the diagnosis or at least they were tested Friday and like yeah. knew on Sunday. And there's just no reason they should have played Sunday. And yeah. I mean, you're, you, cause that's the thing. You're not just putting the Phillies at risk. You're putting the personnel at the hotel. You're staying at at risk. You're putting the clubhouse people, the Phillies employees at risk. Like you're not just putting millionaire athletes at risk. You're putting other like working class people at risk. It's just very fucked up. <laughs> it's just all fucked up. Yeah. It's just not a good, it's just not a good look for anybody on the Marlins or just around that situation. It's pretty fucking terrible. But even just to get to that point, it's just bad, bad work on. Absolutely. Part. Every, because yeah. the, the fact that they have these teams traveling from city to city, playing at their home stadiums, I don't, and then like, the Colorado Blue happen? Jays have to be homeless. Like it's just a complete joke. Yeah, they really – I don't understand how – well, they had a lot of, like, labors for you too, didn't they? Because, again, I'm, they not, did. Everybody's they, I'm not a big baseball guy anymore right here. But, like, I thought that was the reason why they kind of rushed through it. Well, if I was an Orioles fan, I wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a fan of the Phillies who haven't made the playoffs in years at this point and have the biggest free agent and still I haven't made it. But I think the Orioles – And they're not are... going to pay the best catcher in baseball. So that's you know, Yeah, that part I don't understand. I thought the whole thing with the Phillies now was they got, uh, they got that big TV deal, like, a year ago, two years ago, or a couple yeah, years ago, they paid, they paid a shit ton for Bryce Harper, and they're like, oh, I'm not gonna pay JT Real Muto. I was gonna say that's neither that... here nor there, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's just an annoying thing about being a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Yeah. You know, same old Phils. Uh, it's they, they had some disputes, they had a lot of uh, trouble, trials, tribulations, all that, just hammering out a deal to even play the season. And the fact that this is the deal they came to and it's just working out so piss poor and there's just no contingencies in place. Like they, every day the information changes. Uh, I think Andrew McCutcheon was complaining the other day that he go, or saying that he has to go to Twitter to find out what the news is on the team because the media is getting it first before the team is even getting it. And th that's true with the entire Phillies organization that like the media is getting this information before the Phillies even get it, which is absurd. The lack of communication is just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Like, how... Gary Bettman looks good right now. And believe me, Gary Bettman does not usually look good. He, <laughs> I mean, he always gets booed when he presents the cup. Teams are getting the cup. <laughs> and Gary Bettman getting lustily booed is such a time-honored tradition. His biggest accomplishment isn't keeping the Coyotes in Arizona, even though nobody seemingly wants them there. <laughs> Just like nobody wants them there. And he's just like, no, they're staying. It's a big market, guys. A lot of people move in Arizona for work. 
I, but yeah, somehow Batman is doing a passable, if not downright good job. It is what what a time to be alive. I can't what believe a it. Time to be alive. We're about to get into these playoffs, this COVID bubble playoffs, whatever the hell you want to call it. The Stanley Cup playoffs are about to start. And I'm not sure how accurate predictions we can give uh, <laughs> considering the round robin and the play in, but uh, we're going to give it a shot right now. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Let's take a, let's take a big swing at it right now uh, before the round robin even starts. So uh, start out in the East Pittsburgh five seed against the uh, 12 seed of Canadians. I unfortunately think it probably goes to Pittsburgh. Uh, I think it might be it might be a little bit closer, but uh, they did get Gansel back. They are a little bit healthier now. Um, and uh, they're, if they put Yari in goal instead of Murray, they'll probably yeah, they'll have probably a be fine. Yeah, like if they actually but, if they actually do make the decision, that could probably help them out. But. The big thing with Montreal is like outside of like Gallagher and Shea Weber and Carey Price. I mean, no, no. Who do they got? Yeah, no, they're never they're. They shouldn't be in the playoffs. Yeah, they're definitely—they're not really a playoff team. So uh, no, I do like they're barely Phil, a team. Yeah, I like Philip Deneau a lot too. He's a pretty good—he's uh, a pretty good two-way center that I don't think gets a, a ton of love. But they got a lot of pretty good guys. Yeah, they're, no, they're, 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 they're not, not even close about. to like a Florida Panthers level where they have, you know, a bunch of great underrated guys. <laughs> yeah, but they uh, nobody's more underrated than the Florida Panthers, and we'll talk about them in just a minute. Just a second. But yeah, I think uh, the Penguins are probably going to win this series. I don't know how the Penguins are going to do in the next series, but the, I mean, the Canadians are probably. Yeah, I mean, it's them or the Hawks are like the worst teams to make this the whole shindig. So I'm going to blow. I'm going to say the, the the Penguins come out on top of this one. Uh, no, just Oregon. to clarify for just to clarify for everybody, how many games are the, this initial round to play in round? Uh, best of five. So best of five. Yeah. So I'm going to say Penguins. I'll get the. Canadians one win. I'll say I'll go. Uh, yeah, I'm. Oregon. I agree with that assessment. I think Carey Price will steal one for him, but overall the Penguins are just too talented to yeah. lose that shit ass Montreal. Team. And by the way, I kind of want. I, I I don't want the Penguins to have a single chance to get Lafreniere. So I would just prefer that they win this round and then it gets swept in the next round to the Flyers. So this is. I kind of want them to advance because if they lose. Then this whole bubble playoff thing is going to backfire on Flyers fans. You know, the Penguins are going to win the first overall pick. And then we're all going to be, you know, yeah, it's going to be terrible. But uh, next matchup, uh, 16 Carolina Hurricanes against the 11-seeded New York Rangers. What are we feeling here? Oh, baby. Yeah. I don't. I don't even know how to feel about this. <laughs> I'm going with the like, Canes. I, the Rangers. I'm going with the Canes, but, like, the, actually, the, you know the what? thing about the Rangers is, it all comes down to bread, man, right? Panarin. I, yeah. Panarin, I mean, he's just so friggin' good on that team. But if Carolina can shut him down, they're going to win that series. But Carolina's like the king of of just like great on paper. Like, they I, are, well, yeah. Like, I was going to say the uh... Corsi darling. They push play. Like, they're really good in that regard, but they just. I don't know. Like they don't have a lot of game breakers. Like they have a lot of like really, really good players, but not a lot of like 
game breakers yeah. and their goaltending sucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's all fair. I do think, like, uh, Svechnikov and Tara Vinen are kind of not really... Ex- Svechnikov is a little bit of a game breaker, but yeah, you're right. Like, the re- like yeah. the entire team... I like team, Tara Vinen a lot. I, do, like, like, yeah, I, I, I like saw him both. make a great shot yesterday. Yeah, they were both pretty good. Um, and like you're saying, I think... I, I chalked... I, I said the Hurricanes are going to win this outright, but now I guess I can kind of see a path the Rangers could do it if uh, Shesterkin kind of stands on his head. It's a short series, and if he plays well, that cancels out how bad the Rangers' defense is. And uh, yeah, the Hurricanes it's pretty bad. Hurricanes have a history of uh, you know dominating play and then losing on uh, some bad goals against or not being able to answer the uh, the other team's goalie. So uh, maybe, but I, I still think Carolina is just going to dominate play too much. I think they're going to spend too much. You don't time think Tony D'Angelo is going to steal this one? <laughs> no, all the way from Jersey. I think Tony D'Angelo is going to have a. Uh, a lot of terrible opinions while he's sitting in his defensive zone, uh, watching the puck get passed around him, and that's pretty much it. He might, he might get some points. He's pretty good on offense, uh, not too good in his own defense. Man. So, uh, but Tony D'Angelo, oh, <laughs> he's just got Tony that name. D. It just sounds like he just sounds like somebody who's hanging out with Tony Soprano in the corner. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, uh, yeah, he definitely sounds like one of those guys too. If you listen to some of his uh, thoughts, uh, so I'm gonna go Hurricanes protesting in favor of Columbus Day. <laughs> The fucking deep. I don't know why. Like any deep Sopranos reference now always cracks me up. Like uh, Ian will. Just yeah, it's just like Ian will just send me like random text like the Sopranos of just like reactions of like Tony has to stuff and it just gets me. Like what well, I'm picturing Tony Soprano think about or react to anything just is is worthwhile. So um, I can't. All right, you th- who are you feeling here? Think of Tony Soprano. <laughs> Uh, I'm thinking Canes. I'm thinking defense wins in the playoffs and the Rangers don't have shit back there. Yeah. And I think the Hurricanes, I don't know. I, I think they are a pretty deep team and they, they do that history of being a team that does drive play and is pretty good at suppressing shots, but then they like can never actually win the battle that matters on the scoreboard, but they kind of bucked that trend. I think, the Hurricanes, are, I think okay. the Hurricanes are going to win and they're going to be extremely annoying to whoever they play in the next. That round. sounds about right. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I wanted to say, uh, going back to Sopranos, I was uh, I was laughing the other day because I heard uh, "Dirty Work" by Steely Dan on the radio, and I'll always remember the one like that's all I'm gonna picture now is that scene where like Tony's just laughing his ass off singing that song, driving down some random ass road. Like I think it was like season three he was doing that, but just <laughs> picturing him like singing that the fucking song is just I don't know. Everything about him cracks me up. And then that one scene where like. Uh, <laughs> there was just to see where Carm came in and said one thing and he just threw up his hands like I'm lost. And I'll, I don't know. That, uh, that's my Mrs. Out Sopranos. Let's go back and watch episode. all the yeah, all the uh, Tony reactions. Yeah, he was a great, just a good guy. He was just you know, great husband. Good, yeah, great better father. father <laughs> terrific boss. And yeah, not a hateful bone in that guy's body. He was just he had it all together. Yeah. Real idol for our times. But uh, speaking of uh, having hate in your bones, uh, I really do hate the Islanders, and that's the next series we're going to talk about. It's the uh, Islanders Panthers. That was a bizarre <laughs> transition. Yeah, I was trying to. Yeah, I haven't really gotten a lot of segues in there tonight, probably because of. Uh, I heard a quote from from Trotz yesterday in the like five minutes of the Rangers Islanders exhibition game I watched, where he's talking about his goaltenders. Like you can't go wrong either way. In the back of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, of course you can't because you're stifling defense it doesn't matter who's a net bar i'm off of christ i'm just gonna yeah it doesn't really fucking matter well that for that reason i'm i'm picking the islanders in this series i i think it's gonna be i don't i feel weird saying a sweep just because it's just weird always guessing a sweep 
at all, but I think the Islanders play a pretty well-structured game, and the Panthers I don't trust outside of offense. Uh, I don't really trust their defense or Bob, so I think uh, the Islanders are probably going to get some cheap goals and then play systematic hockey to make sure the Panthers don't get any. God, that sounds annoying. That sounds really annoying, And uh, but, you know, I think I, – I just – Quinville's a great coach and all, but I, I think they have a lot of talent up front, but they just don't seem to have any kind of structure once you get past – the red line. <laughs> it just seems to be a lot of a lot of bad news in their defensive end. But so I'm gonna once say, you get past say that underrated crew. Yeah, once uh, yeah, once you're like, oh man, Barkov, he he deserves some recognition, and then you know that's a three nothing game or something they're losing. But oh, nobody's ever heard of Alexander Barkov ever. Nobody. We're Ugh. coming up on like uh, yeah, three or four years of him being the most underrated player in the league. So I wonder if we get the five year mark, maybe ten. Be kind of cool if we got Pretty to the exciting. decade of him being the most underrated player in the league. So, we looking forward do, to we it. We should yeah. do a whole memorial, a video. Like, <laughs> here's a trick got here. Yeah. <laughs> Alexander Barkov, a full decade of being underrated. And hoping that time he still wins. Like, he'll win like a heart somewhere along the line. We're just like, man, he's so. Nobody talks about Alexander Barkov. He's pretty good. But uh, I guess he wins the, heart, the heart and the heart and the sulky. And oh, still, you know, just so underrated. Not enough talk. Not enough people talking about good old Alexander. Yeah. Uh, what, like, he's going to win it as soon as Bergeron retires. Like Bergeron God, yeah. is just going to, you know, hand, Everybody, hand the torch over. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I think I think the Islanders come out on top in this one. I think the Florida Panthers are going to steal a game. I think Bob's going to capture oh, his mojo for one right. game. Right, but, but on top of that, I also think the most underrated player in the league, and Huberto, who actually is... It might actually be up there, because, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they'll pull their shit together for at least one game. And yeah, that's fair. Pull it out. Yeah, and there was a while before, uh, back in the old world, where like the, the Islanders were kind of slipping for a couple of weeks there before the pause, where they kind of had like a... Because I remember what the, the game where they scored against the Flyers in the final minute to beat them in New York, they were, I think they were going on like a, they had lost like seven of the previous eight or something, or seven of the previous 11 or something. Like they were losing a fair amount uh, back in there, if I remember correctly. So maybe, uh, yeah, maybe they fuck around in a game and don't play defense and uh, the Panthers take it. I don't know, but that's a, it'll be an interesting series to watch. Uh, And this one, I mean, I I guess it'll be interesting too. I just, I want to pick the blue jackets in the uh, eight seeded Maple Leafs against the nine seeded blue jacket series, but, I think we got to keep tradition going, as uh, Ryan Quigley pointed out in the uh, in our prediction post this week on BSH. Uh, Toronto has to win this series because they have to lose in the first round to the Bruins. Like you got to keep that going. <laughs> so like they'll they'll win this one, and then they'll just get knocked out to the Bruins in seven in the next round, and then we'll have to hear about you know how they can't get any breaks or something again. So I wanted the to team pick... with <laughs> the team with the home advantage going up against the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> A Civil War-inspired upstart. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Doc wearing his Pittsburgh Pirates uh, mask. I did see that, yeah. Also, yeah. oh, he was just going to, like, just come out and looking stylish like Nate McClough. There was some bullshit like that. Start referencing, like, random-ass pirates. <laughs> Adam LaRoche <laughs> wears a mask. You should, too. Or something like that. <laughs> that really got me for some reason. It's a uh, fucking random-ass pirate. That's why. <laughs> It is a random ass pirate, that's for sure. Love that dude. Uh, Toronto, I think, yeah, I I think Toronto comes out on top in this one. But that said, I would not be shocked. I think Columbus is going to give him a harder time than expected, especially with Seth Jones back. 
I mean, the thing is, Toronto's a lot like... They're a lot like the Florida Panthers, except with better offense and slightly better defense, right? Where they don't. I, yeah, I would say that. Yeah, and I, I rely. I like Anderson a lot better than Grabowski right now. Or I feel like Anderson is more pivotal for the Leafs than uh, Bob is for the Panthers because Anderson. There was a while there where Anderson was like bombarded on a like nightly basis and keeping the Panther or the uh, Maple Leafs in games when they were like, should we fire Babcock? And then uh, and then they did. And uh, like I think. Yeah, the Maple Leafs are, I mean, they're the Maple Leafs. They're a really talented team. And I think they'll probably beat the Blue Jackets, who are essentially Wawrinski, Seth Jones, and a guy named Elvis. Uh, but, like, past that, I, uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, hopefully, what I think, what as a Maple Leafs announcer, you need to hope that uh, the Leafs get, the Leafs knock out the Blue Jackets in overtime. So then you can scream that Elvis has now left the building. That's what you're kind of hoping for. Oh, yeah. For. Yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, Blue I'm looking Jack- at you, Jody Shelley. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Jody. Sh- shout out the friend of the show, Jody Shelley. We should have him on sometime. I wouldn't have remembered that if I didn't have. Blue they came on. Came on in the background here. <laughs> yeah, I always, I honestly always forget he's still with their like broadcast girl. It's always funny whenever I flip on a Blue Jackets game. I'm like, oh yeah, he's doing this now. Uh, I, d- I have to make one more note on the Blue Jackets. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say, I was gonna... I'm, I'm never going to see the Blue Jackets like reporters probably again for the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> But I, and this is a, a bit of a commentary on just like how every TV broadcast is trying to adapt to the times with COVID and everything. But mm-hmm. it's really cracking me up how the Blue Jackets announcers appear to be announcing from the Blue Jackets locker room right now. Oh, yeah, I don't know yeah, if that's yeah, yeah. They're set, but it looks like they're in the Blue Jackets locker room and. You can tell they are just placed exactly six feet apart right now. I mean, I'm enjoying, like, did you see the um, the NBC Sports Network set where they were all just, like, set out, like, kind of comically apart? No, I mean, it's good. I it's not. good they're being safe. But it's just seeing how things are, like, guys are just a little bit further apart is pretty yeah. funny. No, I didn't. I didn't see any of that for the. For like, the... I want to see. I want to see guys just like stretched across a room, screaming at each other. Yeah. <laughs> What did you say? Just the book. The between Doc. the boards guys are just like five rows deep. They're just way behind. He went guys. to Victory High School where he scored 49 <laughs> goals in his rookie year, Doc. His freshman. What a fascinating fact, Pierre. <laughs> oh, shit. I, I bring Pierre back. That's my stance. Let's bring him back. I miss him. It was, it was nice to make let's fun of him all put, the time. Let's put like. You know, let's get, you know, let's just go against the grain with all of the the COVID recommended practices, and we'll just put all of the between the the benches guys in the box together with Brian Boucher. Brian Boucher's like <laughs> big box that he's in. You can put Boucher in there. You can put Bundy in there. Tarion, Darren Banks, uh, bunch of these let's guys. Let's pull Coatsy out. Happy Coatsy. birthday, Coatsy! Yeah. I think his his seventieth just it was just a, yeah, yeah, Ti- timeless man that Coatsy. Uh, yeah, you can put Panger in there. Just jam one in there. Yeah. Let's get some real yeah. analysis for these games. I think you My should God. since there's no fans, let a couple of them sit on top of the glass. So they were let them sit in the front row. Let them call shots. Like let, I want one get person in each section just screaming. Like I don't know why they don't have exactly <laughs> two fans, one for each team on either side, screaming I think the entire we... time. Like I think we've mentioned that before, or like I yeah, think, because uh, I wanted to be Bill yeah, because just, Bill is the loudest Flyers fan I know. Yeah, just one. If it's fan Bill Matt's over there, like you're gonna know he's there. 
Yeah, no, that's what we need. We need, we need like if each team was given just one fan to go, we need to sound like Bill and he would just heckle the shit out of everybody and just embarrass, like just embarrass the other team, let them know what's going on. <laughs> just scream, just what hearing one fan screaming you after you get scored on. I think it would be funnier than just an episode. What was that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Just like just letting them know the whole time. And you can hear it on the TV. That would be the absolute best. <laughs> Definitely not going to be safe for work. No. Not at all. Um, so, uh, I mean, like this, I think this series, I, I could see the Blue, like I could see the Blue Jackets just doing what they did during the regular season and just protecting the house the whole game. Whereas looking stands on his head and then they win a couple games like two to one or something. Uh, but so, I, the main reason are just more down again. Is it Corpus Allo? I mean, or, or going to Corpus I mean, him or Corpus. It's one of the two. I think Corpus They're both is pretty back. good, actually. Yeah, Corpus Allo like, is better back. than expected. Yeah, you're right. I think, yeah, Corpus Allo is back and healthy. I forgot it has been uh, four months. So, yeah, he's back now. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they killed funny. it. Yeah, they, they killed him. I mean, they, they killed it this year, uh, Corpus Allo and Merzlikin, So They killed him. They killed him. Yeah, it's just like confessing to a murder that they don't know about. But. Uh, I, I mean, you could talk about Dave Haxtell killing goalies in oh that god. regard. Oh my god, yeah. Oh, that is true. And Haxtell, I mean, he's still, uh, he's still with the Maple Leafs. I don't know. Maybe uh, yeah. it's just uh, the postseason. Who knows? Did you share it about this? Did you hear about this? Yeah, so, uh, but I'm still going Maple Leafs. I'll say Maple Leafs. I'll make it a Maple Leafs in five. I say that gets dicey. The favorites, the favorites are all expected in the East. Let's see what the deal is out yes, west. Now I gotta switch it up. Yeah, because I was gonna say I'm going with the first series Oilers against uh, five seed Oilers against the twelfth seed Blackhawks. I think I'm going Oilers here, just cause. Yeah, I think the Oilers finally have their shit together, especially with Tippett in there as coach. Like they're actually playing defense. And Chicago, while they they could throw a surprise at you with like Taves and Kane and all that, I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it either. Like I, I, this series, I'm kind of looking at like the possible short series angle of like the Oilers finished high in the standings, but they really are essentially just dry sight on McDavid. Uh, and so that's their top six. That's a good one, two punch, but they just don't have much else. And the Hawks are, I mean, the, it's not like the Hawks are any better. It's just, feels like something dumb that would happen. Like the Blackhawks, like this postseason that would somehow set the Blackhawks to get in. So they could somehow go to the postseason. Like that feels like the extended postseason format feels like it was made for just the Rangers and the Blackhawks. But that's a whole that's yeah. a whole dumb thing. But I think uh, yeah, the Blackhawks don't want to play defense either. And uh, oh, Crawford's are they going to play Chelsea Dagger? Are they going to play Chelsea Dagger? I, well, I would think so. I wonder uh, when. Uh, yeah, they've got a. I think that retires when Kane or Taves leaves the team. Like, I, I think they're just going to happen soon enough. All these re- like they're going to have a bunch of rebuilding teams now and they're going to keep playing that song for teams that shouldn't wouldn't be in a normal postseason. But I'm pretty sure they're not going to retire that until one of those uh, ding dongs leaves the team. But I'm going with the Oilers. I think uh, I got a lot of question marks about the Oilers, but I got a lot more question marks about the Blackhawks and uh, the Blackhawks don't. I mean, they have Kane, but I, he's not playing at David or Dreisaitl's level right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think Duncan totally. Keith is gonna slow those guys. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, Duncan is not getting older. Um, and the other rest of the he's he is getting the fun fact, he is getting older, he's not getting younger. That's how you know, he's actually getting younger. Yeah. Wow, he's got he's Benjamin. The, I was gonna say, he's the Benjamin Button of the NHL, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but fuck the Hawks, I'm going with the Oilers. I think the Oilers will probably uh, they'll probably win this. Well said, I just have to get that in there. <laughs> you going to Oilers too? 
Yeah, I'm going Oilers. Yeah, we can, uh, yeah. Uh, now, okay, so the rest of these series, I think, are six-seeded Nashville against 11-seeded Arizona Coyotes. I don't know. I don't really – again, the Predators, too, have been like a team this year and kind of last year where I just – I feel like the pieces are there. Upset to me. Uh, yeah, I feel like I can see the Coyotes coming out on top because they do play that a pretty sound defensive system. And if Kemper's going to be healthy, um, I mean, they're able to do it again. Now they can do it again with Kemper, Hall, and Kessel to see what it's actually like when right. all their big pieces are there. And I mean, like, they have Nashville, a couple potential yeah. game breakers, and that right. makes a difference here. Yeah. And I think Nashville does have a fair amount of. Uh, like they are pretty dangerous offensively, uh, but I don't think they're. I feel like Arizona's structure ability to kind of prevent goals against will could possibly handle Nashville's uh, offensive front. So I, I don't know. I could see, yeah, I could see the Coyotes pulling the ups up here just because I really, I don't know. Like the 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 Predators didn't look that great in the postseason last year either uh, when they lost to the Stars. So I could see, like, I don't know if I. It comes down to tr- trusting a Pekka Renee too. So, which, uh, you know, more times than not has been fine, but it's him or Saros. Like, they, like the, the Predators have some questions too, I know, I guess. But, um, yeah, I guess I'll go with the upset here. We didn't pick any upsets on the East, so I'll go with the upsets in the West here. I'll go with Arizona. I'll say the Arizona in five. Although, I think on the West side, I went with uh, Nashville in five. So, I'm, I'm playing it safe. I'm right either way is what I'm saying. Craig is correct in his assessment no matter what. That's Thank just you. How it is. Yes, that's what. Yeah, I, I think, I think I'm going Coyotes too here. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're just gonna I, agree on everything. Yeah, I may as well. I mean, fuck it. It's these playoffs are gonna get weird. I mean, it's just a huge element of who's not rusty right now, and if a bunch of teams can pick up where they left off. Like this is, it's a really, it's just weird. It's a long off season leading directly into the highest level of competition in the NHL. So I want to see how all this pans out. But uh, well, okay. Another weird one. Uh, number seven seed Vancouver against the 10th seed of Minnesota. Again, I feel like this is Vancouver was a team I really felt like was just up and down and kind of inconsistent and a team that really they're they were kind of overblown for who they were this year. They kind of to me they felt a little bit like the 2013-14 Flyers, where there were some useful pieces that were worth watching and entertaining and skilled, but throughout the year you knew the team wasn't really gonna contend and there were just huge like terrible stretches throughout the season and then really strong stretches throughout the season and it pretty much just equated them to barely being a playoff team and that's kind of how i feel about the canucks this season and the wild i mean it's (laughs) they're not exciting but kevin fiala was on fire and was one of the biggest point producers down the stretch and the stretch i mean like like uh two-thirds of the season and the Wild started off kind of slow, but then they picked up their shit and started catching uh, some steam towards the end of the season too. So uh, I, I'm going with I'm going with the Wild on this one too, honestly. Um, you know, for a, a team called the Wild, they sh- are boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they really are. I mean, they're boring. Oh, yeah, they had Marion Gavrick like ten years ago, and that was like their last cool thing. Oh my god, forgot about that. That was like they they made they drafted him. They're like, all right, let's make it real boring now. Like I would have been I. It was just him scoring 50 goals a year for, or for like a bunch of seasons, and that was it. Just going off. <laughs> yeah. They're really just fucking boring as shit. But but they uh, I'll, played... I'll be the contrarian here. I'll be the contrarian okay. on this one. Yeah. I'll say uh, the Knuckleheads pull it together. Oh, but nice. Very nice. I do like that. I actually have no belief in the Canucks whatsoever. Yeah, no, <laughs> but, I mean, we got to switch it up. Like, yeah, talk play. about, like, again, like just a 
it's some talent. They're very young, I think, which is yeah, no, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd be excited if I was Canucks fan, but like, they'll be about them because they're young. Yeah, like next year, like it's one of those things where like next year, I think they'll be a little more of a, a dangerous playoff team, or I think they'll have a little more things like in order and have a better system, or maybe like a better like sporting cast. But like this year, I just don't think is. Like they might be in Minnesota, but I don't. I don't really expect them to go much, much further. No, no. I, but you know, Quinn like Hughes is going to get older. Pedersen's going to get older and experienced. So they'll, they'll be. Yeah, they, I, if I'm a Canucks fan, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think about the next couple of years here, or this at least is just screaming. Long. This is just screaming to me. Like they really get like an exciting win over the the Wild. They're like, yeah, we're in, and then they get smoked by. Sorry, I got like smacked around by the Stars or some shit. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. <laughs> Uh, but like this one, okay. So this series, I really, I, I'm thinking wild, well, but yeah, Vancouver ones, I'm not shocked at all. And this last series, I feel like Calgary should win, but I, the AC Calgary Flames against the nine seed of Winnipeg Jets, I feel like Calgary should win because I feel like they're better in every aspect of their team except for goaltending. Except the goaltending department is Connor Hellybuck against uh, Dave Riddick, and I feel like Hellybuck is. I feel like he can steal a series, especially if you're only going to make it five games. Because um, that, that's how the Jets operated this year was, is they bled chances against. I, we, I gave shit, and I've given shit to the Rangers and Blackhawks all year for not playing defense. But the Jets really, and for good reason, just don't fucking play defense. And Hellie Buck's been saving high-danger chances after high-danger chances all year. And when you look at the splits between him and Laurent Brassois' numbers, like it's all Hellie Buck. It's not like an advantageous system. So... I feel like I can see how he bucks deal in the series. And I feel like that's a little bit, I don't know if that's a contrarian stance actually for this series, but I feel like the flame, like it's going to be a lot of the flames kind of dictating play. And then how buck having to stand on his head. And I could see him, I could see him pulling the Jake Allen against the, uh, what the fucking team did he do that against? I think it was against the wild, like three years ago where just every game, the blues got massively outplayed, but he just stood on his head and stole the series for him. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going with the jets here. Huh. This is a this is a real friggin' toss up right yeah. here. TJ Brody not playing in this uh, postseason, by the way. Uh, he opted out. Yeah. I don't, yeah, that, that, I don't know if that changes your. Uh, I don't know if that tilts your answer at all. <laughs> I honestly, I really don't know. Uh, again, I'm gonna just be contrarian here because it's fun. it's gonna be another go yeah. Flames, Los Flamas, uh, Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goodrill, yeah. Flash or Trey Johnny Goodrill. I think so. Like looking at which series, like I really think the. I think the Penguins are going to kill the Habs. Uh, and I think the Oilers, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really see the Hawks beating the Oilers one way or right. another. The I ones I like... feel strong about, like, I think the Penguins definitely win. Uh, I think, I feel pretty good about the Islanders. I feel pretty confident beating about the, the Panthers, so. but I wouldn't be shocked by the Panthers winning, but I think the Islanders are. I mean, the thing, like the Islanders and don't have I think all. Edmonton's going to win, but beyond that, I'm, I think there are a lot of toss ups. Like I think Carolina and New York shouldn't be close, but I think it might be. Think it it really all depends on Panarin. Uh, I think Toronto Columbus is, is closer than it also should be because Toronto yeah. has way too much talent and Columbus is a bunch of nobodies, but it's, yeah, Toronto. I mean, nobody's to play defense. <laughs> Toronto really likes to make things interesting in the postseason too. They never really have like they haven't had an easy postseason series in a while. Uh, no. And then the <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the thing with the Rangers maybe 1967. I don't know. Ayo, hashtag 19. 19- yeah, we got to talk about that more since that's the only team I can talk shit on. We don't have too many teams we can dunk on there, so it's like them and the Canucks. So let's keep it going. Them Canucks Sabers. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like Brett Hall in the crease. Am I right? Oh, <laughs> oh baby! All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, like there's only a few series that I feel like are are real slam dunks one way or the other. Yeah, like and again, it's just like the thing with the Hawks too is like they do have some of those older guys, uh, and I feel like. Like this is—it's just a weird thing to be involved in, and maybe Kane and Taves are already ready to go compared to McDavid and Drysaitel. And again, if you're only going to be playing three or four games, it's not like you're going to have a lot of time to get going here. So, like, it's going to be whichever team looks good right off the bat is probably going to be the team that ends up winning that series. Shorter series and just a lot of stupid elements to it, like working through rust and also they're going to have to work through some shitty ice here. As I mean, you're looking at the game right now, Steve. It's uh. Pretty choppy, and uh, it's only going to get worse when you're playing a bunch of games on the same ice every day. So I think that's a uh, it's gonna it's gonna get weird. It's gonna be weird, wild hockey, and I'm ready for it. It's gonna get dumb. Weird, wild stuff. Weird, wild stuff. You want to talk about Oski Boy now? You want to talk about Oski Boy? You got a deal. He got paid a little bit, a little bit of pay. Let's uh, Swedish Tank got a, a three year deal, three million dollar cap hit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about Oscar quite a bit the last couple of weeks, so just uh, updating with the deal. And I think, I mean, this is advantageous for the Flyers, honestly. The dude was on pace for 30 goals this year, and then just insanely poor luck um, that he was able to tough out and work through. And now he's going to be playing in the top six most of the time. And if he's not, he's going to be an above-average third liner, and he's going to be paid very minimal here, $3 million. And if he can score at the pace he did this year, which I don't know why he can't, I, that's going to be a pretty good looking deal for the Flyers in the next couple of years here. Like that might be the yeah. deal we look at if like they start to really contend here. Cause that's going to be pivotal in terms of saving cap space. Like that's going to be the new, like a lot how we've, we've looked at the Couturier deal over the past couple of years. Yep. yep. And we've benefited from that and we're going to have to pay that price someday, but not right now. <laughs> oh, I'm not looking forward no. to that. Yeah. Maybe and they can get rid of like Voracek's contract by then or something. Yeah. They're like, going to need might, to balance that out. Yeah. Honestly, that might be, and especially with I mean, it, on the Is road. that around the time uh, JVR is going to be undoubtedly taken by the Seattle Kraken? <laughs> it could. I actually forget. Uh, let's look it up. Forget when Couturier's deal ends with the. Um... Why don't I look that up and you. Uh... Oh, I'm already looking at talking about Oski Boy. I got it. So, uh, yeah, Van Riepsdyk's got three more seasons. Yeah, he's probably going to be taken up. And uh, I, I feel like he would probably be the best player left available by the Flyers. And uh, despite popular belief among Flyers fans, wouldn't be the worst piece for the Seattle pickup there. Um, no, no. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I know a lot of people bitch and moan about JVR, but I really like JVR. I, I like JVR, he, yeah. He'd be a great leader for these young guys who will, will undoubtedly end up on the Seattle hockey team. Yeah. Uh, well, we don't have to call them a Seattle hockey team, like the Washington football club. Yeah. It's the Seattle Krakens. It is official yeah. now. And I love that they went with that. Hey, you want to actually, if you want to delve into that real quick, we can knock that out. Let's, uh, do it. let's talk about the Seattle Kraken. Uh, so the Seattle Kraken, what do you think about their jerseys? Start with that. I like, I like hey, some of it. I like the Jersey. I don't like the logo. It's weird. Like, I like everything about the jersey, and if they could just change the logo. I like the alternate perfect. Or like I do, the yeah, 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 yeah. I do the, like that, too. The space Needle? Yeah, that looks better than the, like, I just don't, I don't know. I, all around, it's okay. than the Golden like, Knights. I, <laughs> but they I, could have gone with a little more color, a little more pop, you know, but they, yeah. they didn't. But I do. It could be worse, but it's, it, it's, a lot of the, the uniform design is just okay. 
but I am excited about the name. It is something different. It is definitely not like the goals or something. <laughs> so I, I think we were all expecting something like boring or something like obscure. Like, okay, I know the Blue Jackets is a Civil War reference, but it's a really weird name. Oh yeah, no oh, yeah, and like the, the I'm glad I didn't go with like the Sockeye or something dumb. The Sockeye. Oh, uh, speaking of the Dakota. the Blue Jackets, I just have to to comment. Uh, the sight of Gerbay and Chara <laughs> locked arm in arm is hysterical. The height difference is astounding. Yeah, like Chara, I think is almost literally two Gerbays. He might be, and I mean, I don't even know how many French Bulldogs Gerbay is. So think about how many French Bulldogs Chara is. It's I mean, he's, it's he's all probably like five to six French Bulldogs, whereas. Yeah. Chara is at least 200 French Bulldogs. Yeah, it, Chara's the whole pound when it comes to the uh, the French Bulldog measurement. But the whole <laughs> every every loose uh, French Bulldog you got, that's what you. Yeah, and they're starting to mix it up here too. They're getting uh, David Savard just breathing right in uh, Nordstrom's face. So as long as the bubble's intact, I guess all this shit doesn't matter. But the bubble. I do like the color scheme with the logo. Like I think the it's a it's a unique color scheme and it actually looks well together. In my opinion, like I think the logo just looks fucking dumb, is all. But uh, 30 second team, all right. I mean, I'm about it. They will start play. Uh, let's see, we'll start in the 2021 22 season. So the Flyers will have the expansion da- draft in a 2021. Um, today, so when's Couturier's deal up? Couturier's deal, Couturier's got um, two more years, so he can he he would have to be. I mean, they're they're going to protect him. But yeah, the Flyers got to pay him in 2022, which is also... Um, but would that coincide with a JVR contract? It would coincide with Giroux's contract coming off the books. Uh, Voracek would have two more years. Voracek runs out in 2024. Right, but would Couturier, <laughs> would Couturier needing a new deal coincide with JVR potentially not being a Philadelphia Flyer anymore? Yes. Okay. Either, that was my, pick. my bad. My Either, big I kept cutting off when they answered the question. That was my bad. Yeah. So, yeah, there could be, um, yeah, JVR could be taken by Seattle and then they pay Couturier money. So, ideally. The thing, Sean Couturier um, started playing hockey at a professional level when he was so goddamn young yeah. that you forget that he's still young. Yeah. No, he's still insanely like he's Just entering his prime. Yeah. He's not, at, he's, yeah, he's 27, which is infuriating when you're older than him uh but he's oh i i'm like a decade i'm nearly a decade older than him it is yeah. infuriating. i mean yes. that's, that's, that's what have i done yeah but in another sense i really love that dude so uh yeah so you, you gotta pay him uh because i i really do think having a sean couturier patrice bergeron ryan o'reilly Ante kopitar jonathan taze type is how you win it's a vital piece of winning, winning it all. So yeah, but this is this is a question for no, from now. Yeah, that's this is all further down the road. But I'm I'm making it known now. You're, we're paying Sean Couturier. That's my stuff. Oh yeah, Ch- Chucky Future yeah. Trades is taking care of. <laughs> Chucky Future Business is going to have his hands all over that. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll he'll figure it out. Um, it's just I'm just imagining Chuck Fletcher with those like, you know, when Doc Brown in Back to the Future comes back and he has those like those silver sunglasses on that look like <laughs> when an old person gets cataract surgery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm just imagining Chucky two trades with those on. In fact, just put them. I just want to Photoshop him the entire doc Brown from the future. I just want to see, right I just want to see him do that and just scream obscure things that like 
no Flyers fan is like he just busts into a room looking like that, and he's like, "Where's Jeffries? Bring him back! We need him back!" It's just like, all right, we don't. I don't know about that, Chuck. Or he just like kicks in the room. He's like, "Damon Lankow, is he a free agent? We got to sign him." It's just like all this stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Thank you. Uh, was well, I guess he had a cracking real quick though. They also uh, on come, on top of naming their team and coming out with New Jersey and everything. They uh, named Dave Passaggio, director of pro scouting, and Andrew Allen, Lauren Henning, and William White as uh, pro scouts. Uh, Passaggio spent the last 12 seasons with the NHL's Anaheim Ducks. I don't, I copy and paste that. As a pro scout, director of pro scouting, and assistant to the general manager, uh, Allen uh, will be the team's goalie scout after he spent four seasons with the Buffalo Sabres as a goalie coach. Uh, Henning was a Vancouver assistant GM from 2008 09. 2014-15 before being a team consultant in the NLA, Switzerland's top league for two seasons. It was a team consultant for IK Pattern in the Al Svenskin in 2018-19. Uh, also won two cups as a player with the Islanders in the 80s. 80s. And then White will do player and game reports for the Kraken. Um, and these scouts will join the group of uh, Kraken scouts that were already in place, which is uh, Cameron Granado, Ulf Samuelson, Stu Barnes, Dave Hunter, and uh, John Goodwin. So uh, that is the Kraken news, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm glad they finally got, I guess, a name out there. And uh, so you could say that's what's Kraken. I could, Steve. I'm not going to. I'm gonna. You can. You can take that. You can have all that. You can have all that. If you want. <laughs> Listen, I've already come up with five perfect names for the Seattle Kraken. Oh blocks, yeah, so you gotta. Uh, yeah, you gotta keep bringing those up because you definitely gotta get. You gotta get some money for that. I mean, yeah. I, I know there's no better option out there. A Chris. One dollar bill. <laughs> Precisely. What well, probably folded over, honestly. Maybe even a little torn. I don't know if you get a new one dollar bill. I want crisp. This is my only I want it <laughs> machine man. ready. So not more money, just better looking money. Not the quantity, just the press. Yes, I, I want it then vending machine ready. I'm gonna start can I you even, can you even get anything for a dollar in a vending machine anymore? Like candy starts, it sounds like Am I right? Am I right, folks? Yeah, I was gonna say. And what happened to milk and See, newspapers? The party, what's the deal with candy these days? Yeah, what happened to cobblers? What? What? Where are these things that used to exist? It's like it's almost like we don't need them anymore. I mean, god damn it! Uh, I don't know. I don't even remember what I was about to say there, Steve. That's how I'm just worked up now. Well, machines. You know what? I know what you were about to say. You were about to say that while the Flyers might have to worry about paying Sean Couturier in a few years. There's good reason that we're even thinking about this because he was named a finalist for the Selkie this year. Oh, there we go. Now we're working it back. All right, let's get back up. Let's get back up here. Uh, oh, yeah, Oscar and Bomb deal great. I think it's going to help the Flyers. Uh, Sean Couturier, yes, finally named as uh, finalist for Selkie. We have been kind of talking about this the last couple of weeks as well, pretty much making the case for why he should win. And I don't know. I don't want to say I think he will because that doesn't seem to be the Flyers' MO. They don't usually get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the uh, the individual awards. So definitely deserves it. We'll see what happens because Patrice Bergeron is up for it. So uh, since we already talked a bunch about it over the last couple of weeks, I was just going to go over uh, appearances. So this is Sean Couturier's uh, second time being a finalist for the Selkie. He came in second in 2017-18 behind Anze Kopitar. Bergeron won it uh, four times, has won it four times already, and is a finalist for a ninth time. Uh, four titles is tied with Bob Ganey for the most Selkies ever. I mean, Canadian's legend, as well as Guy Carboneau, another Canadian's legend, uh, Pavel Dotsuk, and Yeri Lettinen. Yeri Lettinen. Uh, three uh, Selkies, and then uh, Rod the Bot, Sergei Fedorov, and Kopadar, and Michael Pekka all have two uh, Selkies as well. So that's a bunch of multiple Selkie winners. But uh, yeah, Bergeron, four, four Selkies, nominated a ninth time. And then O'Reilly, this is his second time being a finalist. He won the Selkie last year. 
So I honestly would put Bergeron. I think I put Bergeron third this year. I don't know. Like Ryan O'Reilly, I feel like is. I don't know. I really like Ryan O'Reilly's game a lot too. And I'm just kind of tired of hearing about Bergeron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired of Bergeron. Yeah, I mean, there's well, the thing with the Selkie, okay. right? Like, the, the writers tend to go on on streaks with the guys who win it. Yeah, that's so, really, yeah. It's like, like, it was Kopitar for a bunch of years, and then it was Datsuk. I thought Datsuk was just going to win it forever. Yeah, and, like, they really left Tate for a while. And, and it's Datsuk just... decided that, you know, Russia. Yeah, Russia, and yeah, uh, uh, but and then yeah. other bad stuff. Yeah, a lot. Of, I was gonna say I was gonna try to reference that, but um, but yeah, it's like because Selkie is kind of a. I think it's the war, well, the war that's most. It's the least measurable, right? Because yeah, exactly, you can you can measure MVP. You just look at the points and if the guy made the playoffs. Yeah, like and Selkie, there's two different minds of thought because there's the well, sure, you know, people. Claude Giroux for some reason. Then it's well, but, well, you know. Taylor Hall just played on a shitty New Jersey Devils team, so he deserves it because the Devils suck and he doesn't. I just, I just said the whole thing about Flyers and individual, individual awards. You know, they're not. I don't think they're allowed to win them. Like even historically, I was going to try and write that article rather tomorrow or next week, but like I was looking through it, like they just don't, like they just don't have seasons where they win awards. They're always, they always like, like even when like. Even when Eric Lindros scores like uh, a shit ton of points, Yager scores like a, yeah, an insane amount. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the Selkie though. So there's still I test people that measure that way, and then people that lean a lot on analytics, and those two usually don't always conclude the same. Good guys are good uh, offensive and defensively among forwards. So I think that's where the big disconnect is. But usually. It's a reputation. These guys. Yeah, exactly. Like, once you're nominated for it, then the writers are just like, well, we did it last year, so I don't know. Once you're in the club. <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, just go back to him. So, like, that's why you're going to see, and, like, next year you're going to see probably Anthony Cirelli on here because there's a lot, there's a big push for him. And I think he actually didn't know it was getting some love. But, like, Cirelli is probably going to be fourth or might be a finalist next year because they're already starting to talk about him. And Katori is probably going to keep getting some more of these and Ryan O'Reilly is still going to be up there, and Bergeron's going to keep getting them. So, like, it's going to be the same four or five guys from now on. Like, Taze might be rotating out, but, like, Kopitar is probably going to be there one or two more times before the Kings become absolutely useless slash he retires. Actually, he'll probably he'll start getting good again in a couple of years, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's usually what happens with the Selkie. Do you think – what are you feeling for the Selkie, Steve? Do you think he's actually going to do it? I think he's actually going to do it. I think, yeah, he, I think he should do it. I mean, all things. The only reason I think he's got it is the reputation's really good. There's a lot of buzz, and also the fact is with the old time writers that don't want to vote for him for whatever reason, I think they're going to split a lot of their vote between O'Reilly and Bergeron. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah, I can see that. And I, th- but like, I think this year too, I do think he's starting to get a lot more national love, which I don't know why it didn't happen after scoring points. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, stuff like, too, where, like, Elliot Freeman was tweeting about how he thought, like, Katoria could be the Selkie winner this year. Like, that was stuff, like, even before when he was putting up points, like, that was the type of shit that wasn't just happening. I don't know why it's taken this long, though. The guy put up five fucking points in a playoff game where he had a torn MCL, and that wasn't enough for people to, like, you know what? Maybe this guy's good. It took until, like, two years later. There's something going on with the Flyers right now because Claude Giroux has been one of the best players for the past decade in the league. Like, I think you'd have to be really hard-pressed to argue he hasn't been one of the 10 best players in the last decade, right? But he won't be included on a lot of lists because for some reason, I mean, it's probably just because his team was boring, but Flyers just fly under the radar. Oh, and 
and I didn't even put this in the outline because it's a bullshit ranking and I don't care. But like the top twenty defenseman ranking on the NHL Network, where Ivan Provorov was left off, but like fucking Shea Theodore was on there and Quinn Hughes, which again, wonderful rookie season, but he's already twelfth in those rankings. Like there's a couple guys on that list that I don't like. I don't even think they're really like there's that's the one name I saw that was just like no. And then like other guys like Zach Warinsky. Like Warinsky is one of the names that's probably like comparable to Provorov just in terms of like drafted usage and like I guess maybe production but like he was I think in the top 10 on that list and he's playing like he should have like the similar appeal of like Provorov and then Provorov's just left off the list so I'm pretty sure at this point a lot of these rankings are just to see like they just want to get a reaction and what fan base gives a better reaction than Philadelphia I mean I think they're also pulling a lot of this shit out of a hat I that too but there's a lot of coincidental, oh, we left off the best Flyers option on this ranking. Let's see what Twitter thinks. Like, there, it seems like there's a lot of that vibe going on. Right, because there was the thing also the other day, which felt like direct trolling, where it was like the top 10 older players to root for. And Chirudia wasn't on there. And the first one was Marlowe. Like, okay, yeah, most of the NHL wants to see the Penguins win another goddamn cup right now. <laughs> I might have extra hate in my heart for it because I'm a Flyers fan, but I mean, I think a lot of people are tired of seeing the same, the oh, same yeah. old, same old win the cup. I mean, that's the great thing when like, say what you will about, I, I actually didn't totally mind the blues. I don't really care about those words. I, I don't know. I don't really I... care about the blues, but it was nice to have somebody that wasn't the goddamn like same five teams Yeah, yeah. because it's, it's just been a lot of repeat, you know, they might not necessarily go back to back, but teams winning in a couple of years. Oh no, there was happened in the past decade. What was it from 2010 to 2015? It was all uh, Hawks, Kings, and Bruins. Like that's all right. it was for like and uh, and even and then around that the Penguins won in 2009 and then 2016, 17. So yeah, you're right. It's the same teams going over and over again. So I would have preferred somebody else besides the Caps uh, in 2018. But like the Blues, yeah. At least that was something different. I, I, I guess that's one way to look at it, yeah. I, I will say, I, I, the see, 2018... I, again, we've discussed the rivalry with the Caps. I've never quite felt it until recently. So yeah, it's... well, I will say, but, like, also, I mean, just as a hockey fan, like, it would have been it would have been the sin if Ovechkin didn't want a fucking cup. There's, like, that guy shouldn't have been going to the grave without like, getting the hoist a cup. Like, you saw his reaction when he won. I might not necessarily like the, the Caps, but his reaction was great. And yeah, like... The, like two-month party those guys went on exactly that's that's that you know he fucking cares because he was losing the goddamn mind for two months after he won the cup and like that was the thing where i was kicking and screaming the whole time i was just like pissed the caps were gonna win but as soon as he lifted the cup i was like all right i don't fucking care like this dude deserves it <laughs> i don't know if i'm not gonna feel that way if he wins it again but he needed one just so i mean i'm tired of hearing about how he's not you know a champion from the press, and I, I don't even care. Like, right. not one of the greats because he's not a champion. Yeah, you know, maybe the greatest goal scorer of all time, but you know, his team didn't win, so he's not good. That's yeah, that's sound logic. That's wonderful. I think that's what Claude Giroux is going to have to. Yeah, he's going to have to have to win a little bit, at least like under his leadership, make like Eastern Conference Final or the something. Thing, just the to fucking get annoying some thing. Respect. Yeah, the annoying thing that's going to happen now because he's already not like he's lost a step this year, but he's, you know, he's going to start declining because he's just getting older. So now the thing is, is when they're actually going to compete, he's going to not be as in the spotlight, I think at times, and then people are going to kind of question him then. Like, it's just, I can see an annoying way that it all works out where he never really is like in the, he was fucking in the Stanley Cup final, his second year in the league. 
and he was a star in that fight. Like that postseason was a lot of Claude Drew, and that was the one time he was really on a loaded team that could go into the postseason. We haven't seen that again. 2012 was nice. That team was great, like and fun, but they only got to the second round. We haven't actually seen a Stanley Cup contender in a minute with Drew in literally 10 years, which is just like goddamn. Like that really that that's why he's not ranked all this shit. The Flyers have been mediocre forever. <laughs> so I don't know. Um well, you want to move on to the next uh, next trophy? Yeah, we can talk about King Clancy. All right, let's talk about the King Clancy. All right, so the uh, King Clancy uh, trophy is handed out to, quote, the player who best exemplifies leadership qualities on and off the ice and has made a noteworthy humanitarian contribu- contribution to his community. Um, so it's one of those awards for every team uh, nominates a player, and the Flyers have nominated uh, Kevin Hayes. Uh, and... Uh, we can oh, go wow. through uh, some of the other nominees here, but uh, no Flyers ever won it before, and uh, we'll see if Kevin Hayes is a finalist. Honestly, I this one in the Mark Messier Award uh, Leadership Award, I I have no idea. Like what I I I'm not, I'm not going to take a stab. I have no idea if he's going to be nominated or not. Uh, and based on these names, I'm not really. There's not much to uh, go off of here. So just Kevin Hayes nominated for a trophy. No, nominated for the King Cam- Clancy Trophy. So that's uh, that's what's going on there. Um, Maxime Shusko was loaned to the KHL. Uh, he was loaned to Dynamo Minsk in the KHL for the 2020-21 season. Uh, and according to Bill Mel- Bill Meltzer, Jesus Christ, he will return to North America once the 2021 <laughs> season starts up. Uh, he was also told some other players are considering similar arranged arrangements. But yeah, it sounds like Shusko is just going to be going over to the KHL and playing over there until the AHL season get started up and underway or if things kind of get i guess muddy with the hl and playing and if uh teams yeah it's, out so it's a, a whole thing there. yeah like it's a whole thing where if they start later I, oh, f- the hl put out like their starting date they might be starting later i think that's what the whole thing is actually i'm not looked it up real too quick too but um so he'll be playing over in the khl uh Shushko, of course, was a right winger from Belarus, taken in the taken 107th overall in the fourth round of 2017 draft. He had 21 points, 11 of which were goals in 53 games this year for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, overall, pretty good season for him, uh, all things considered. Um, he was with the Allentown Attack in the OHL last season, so you got to throw him to the to factoring a season that he jumped from uh, junior hockey to pro hockey. And honestly, 21 points in 53 games isn't a bad stat line for that. And also, uh, I was reading Maddie's uh, prospect review of him uh, about the season. And his underlying numbers weren't great in terms of uh, quantity of chances for and against, but apparently the quality was there. So he was getting the getting and preventing the chances that mattered, even though his underlying numbers really weren't that uh, wonderful. But again, this is a guy um, – I kind of liked him before – the Flyers drafted him. I didn't know if he would really produce at the pro level, but he's for a guy that never really tore up the OHL in scoring. Um, I mean, 21 points in 53 games in your first pro season is pretty good. And hopefully uh, that production just goes out with more ice time and uh, playing a big role in the team, but we will see. So he'll be playing over in the KHL again, not leaving the organization or anything, just somewhere to play for next season. Um and again, I want to look at the uh, yeah, okay. So the AHL, as of a couple hours ago, the AHL moves their 2021 uh, start date to December 4th. So he's going to play a couple months over in the mm-hmm. KHL and then come to 
So other we might see other players go and do that. Um, we already saw yeah, I mean, Alvarobi, I believe, but that was just for good. But there might be a couple players that go over because we're talking. You know, they canceled their entire season and now they're delaying this season as well. That's a huge chunk of time from March until December not to play. So I think a bunch of other players are probably going to go play in these other leagues. So you get training camp preseason in September and then you start playing games in October and then you get some kind of, you know, get game reps in. Um, but it's kind of, it's yeah, one of those interesting. You need the practice and yeah. you need to stay on top of it. And uh, it's also wise of the AHL to delay startup uh, for so long because as we, it's been mentioned before that the AHL is so reliant on in-person ticket sales because they don't have those big TV deals. They're barely mm-hmm. broadcast on television except for very small local markets. It's the, the, the NHL can make a lot of revenue off of uh, showing games on television with no fans in the stand. The AHL, that's AHL basically a non-starter. Yeah, and also the thing with the AHL is there's a bunch of independent owners. So there are teams that really aren't affiliated with the uh, NHL, so they don't really have to like if they're like, well, the NHL's playing, they're like, okay, I don't care. <laughs> like that doesn't right. Like the <laughs> NHL's got revenue sharing. And, yeah. So and the, the owners are all making you know a piece of the pie when they're exactly. playing in a scenario like they are now, whereas the AHL it's jack shit. So no, it's good these guys are going overseas and and doing all that. So it's uh they can stay on top of everything and hopefully again everybody stays safe and uh, we don't continue to see issues. Yeah. And uh, speaking about uh. You know, uh, oh, he said something about pie. I, I, I was going to say, getting their piece of pie when the Coyotes finally win, he won't get any. Uh, John Chaco is out as GM of the Coyotes. Yeah, that was a terrible segue, but again, I'm working on it. I'm going to get this. Uh, no longer the he resigned on uh, Sunday as GM of Arizona, and Assistant General Manager Steve Sullivan was named Interim General Manager. Uh, Chaco had three years remaining on his contract after the season. According to Sportsnet, the relationship between Cheka and the Coyotes became fractured when he sought a new opportunity outside the organization, and then the team resisted. According to a source, that opportunity may no longer be available to him. Um, and I think I thought I saw it was with the Devils. Um, so I don't know if that's true or not. But then also a uh, whole other indication that, uh, you know, things may have not been going well in the uh, – Coyotes, Coyotes front office was uh, Xavier A. Gutierrez was named the team president and CEO and alternate governor in early June, uh, which, by the way, he's the first Latino team president in NHL history. But apparently Gutierrez, Alex Marullo, um, who became the team owner last year, and then Alex Marullo Jr., who was also involved in making uh, management decisions, uh, took Taylor Hall out to uh, discuss the possibility of staying in Arizona, and Shakeel wasn't involved in that at all. So since then, people were kind of like, uh, and then he was just like, yeah, I guess I'm going to get out of here. And uh, I was going to say, I can't imagine that scenario, but as a fan of a team that formerly had Ed Snyder as chairman, I can 100% imagine that. Yeah, we can kind of see it. (laughs) But it is, for me, honestly, this was, this is another situation that's kind of annoying because Chaka was a numbers guy. He's an advanced stats guy. And, uh, the Coyotes were kind of building something there. I mean, they did trade for Taylor Hall, and they did look like they were about to be a wild card team this year. And then uh, now he's on the way out. So, failed experiment in Florida, failed experiment in Arizona. It's, uh, I don't know, kind of weird and annoying. But uh, what makes this really funny is, uh, as Grand Admiral John Fardini pointed out on uh, Twitter, uh, apparently, according to the athletic Scott Burnside, uh, he mentioned Shane Doan as a possible GM, Sean Burke as a possible GM, and, quote, several sources indicated former Boston and Edmonton GM Peter Shirelli 
is someone league officials would like to help find his way back to the NHL after his first turn in Edmonton and think that Arizona will be a good landing spot. I'm throwing this out there. Nope. How about we don't? <laughs> How about like, why are people trying to still find this guy? Work? I, it's I, just not working. I don't, like, get, I don't get why the Shirelli's, the Randy Carlisle's, like, I don't know why these guys are just like, you know what? He sucked at the last four spots he's been at, but maybe this one with less of a support system, less help around him. Maybe this will be the thing that he'll he'll turn the franchise around. Because again, Chirelli, as I've said once, and I'll say again, if Tim Thomas wasn't Jesus on ice, Jesus on ice in 2011, he he's not GM of the Bruins for much longer, or he's not employed by the Oilers, or he had one postseason due to a a nut job going off and making all the saves in the world. And that's been his, like, that's been what's been making him money for years now. So it's good work if you can get it, you know, but I, I he's just not a good, again, with everything. Th- I feel like Jake was doing all right and getting some pieces down there in Arizona, but uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, Tim Thomas make- is up to right now. Like, do you, do you think like, oh, that's not a good question to ask 2020. <laughs> I don't want to answer do that question. Right now. Tim Thomas, be- because Tim Thomas like wanted to separate himself from, society so much like a few years back that he's now doing the opposite and direct defiance like, <laughs> just like we're going to move in the city the heart of the city and just walk around every day that seems i you know i tim thomas does seem like a i just based off the fact that he wrote his whole facebook he wrote on facebook why i wasn't going to the white house he feels like a guy that would have long lengthy posts about how wearing a mask was big brother's way of tracking you like that feels like a tim thomas that feels like his mo I don't know. He seems like one of those guys that just, I mean, he had a click on the ice for a little while, but he just seemed to, I don't know. Goalies are weird sometimes. That's all I can really say. He <laughs> seems like he really fit in that category of just a, a nut job. So weird. But, wild stuff. <laughs> we really like that reference. We, we had a lot of those in there. <laughs> I watched a lot of SNL reruns growing up. <laughs> Chateau, and a lot of Dana Carvey, Johnny Carson. Yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't really watch a ton of Dana Carvey. All I know from Dana Carvey are uh, Chopping Broccoli and um, Church Lady. Church Lady, Wayne's World. Wayne's World, of course. Oh, but yeah, of course, Wayne's World. Yeah, duh. Um, but yeah, not too much. Uh, I mean, when, when did he get all, was he on there in the 90s? I thought he was like mainly late 80s, early Late 90s. 80s, early 90s. Yeah, okay, yeah. Because he was, he was on there at least until... 92 because he was doing Perot and Bush for that election. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Early 90s, they, they kind of had a underrated lineup there. They had a bunch of oh, people yeah. on there that, yeah, yeah. Seemed, uh, that seemed to be like an era when people still dunked on SNL, but that was, that was pretty good. It's pretty good lineup. Pretty good lineup. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a pretty good lineup. And you know who else was pretty good in the early 90s? Jeremy Roenick. Oh, baby. There. I don't even know why I tried to. Just do all the segues. Why are you trying to pass off the segue duty to me? Like, I'm not. I don't you imagine. just try to take them. You, <laughs> I know. Like, I'm driving the car, and you're like, no, give me the wheel. <laughs> I'm just I'm just putting my hands all over that thing and trying to swerve off, baby. So, uh, Roenick's, uh, yeah. I, put I the, like your headline. I was going to say. It's uh, just... Ronick's a fucking idiot. Yeah, well, just that's what this is. <laughs> Former Sharks forward Jeremy Ronick is alleging his dismissal from NBC Sports earlier this year was anti-straight discrimination and a lawsuit filed on uh, uh, a couple weeks ago. Or, like, I think uh, two weeks ago this Friday. So, anti-straight uh, discrimination. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, pretty much just uh, Jeremy Ronick's a fucking idiot. That's what it is. Like, that's, we all know that's not why he got fired. 
uh, he got fired because he was talking about banging Catherine Taffin. So maybe don't talk about banging your co-workers. Well, well, why can't a straight America? man just talk about banging whoever he wants in America? I don't understand. <laughs> it's a look. This is just, you know, if you want to have opinions about it's this discrimination. Wall, dude, go ahead so and throw them somewhere sexually else. sexually harassing someone. Uh, you're not going to get much sympathy from this podcast for Jeremy Roenick and uh, being discriminated against. But, you know, actually, you know what? Let me say this. As a straight white male in this country, Steve, if I can finally have a platform to voice my opinion, uh, yeah, we're kind of getting dunked on. Okay, this is a joke. Uh, this has got two. You're not reacting at all. <laughs> I thought you were going to jump in and cut me off there, but yeah, okay. Let's... Oh, no, no. You're going to crash and burn. I got I you. Wanted, I wanted to see where you were going with that. <laughs> I was, I thought, yeah, whatever. Let's move on to a collision course. <laughs> From one collision course to another. No, from uh, yeah, one to another I, so yeah. this is, yeah, so this is, I just want to, we've run way over. This is like, this is just a, a dumb classic flyper really mess around, around right here. Uh, st- cra- classic Stephen Craig mess around. But I, I did want to mention, so I listened to a little Jay-Z on Spotify earlier this week. I think just yesterday, actually. And I scrolled down and I, I noticed collision course which i i haven't even thought about in years and if you're not familiar uh back in 2004 jay-z and lincoln park did an album together where they they mashed their their songs together and it sure was a thing i wanted to mention on this podcast because number one we we have a love of really shitty early 2000s Yeah, and, it's what we grew up on, or what I grew up on. I yeah, I mean, I was mostly. I'm a few years older, but you know, it's it more or less the same thing. Yeah, same thing. This is just such like I just totally forgot this existed until yesterday, and I wanted to mention it on here because it is just bizarre. Like the one single's all right by those standards, yeah. right? But the the le- the rest of it, even by the early 2000s standards, is just like. Whew. Yeah, I think going I, back. I know you listened to it earlier today. Yeah, you maybe. Yeah, you, uh, you, I guess, uh, motivated me to listen to all six wonderful tracks on the album. And I'll tell you what, I only knew the one beforehand, and I wish I only knew the one now because it was that was the only good one. <laughs> I mean, it was Numb Encore. Numb Encore was like one that, and it's gonna feel weird saying anybody that's like a lot younger than us, but like that one at the time made sense. Like it was on the radio, it was popular, or at least I remember it on the radio being everywhere it, it was on the radio yeah yeah like it was big it was a big deal but when uh, the radio was the thing yeah when people still listen to it god damn it dude we are fucking old and then uh like the other songs though are just bad like the other ones are literally just that one they tried to kind of incorporate different sounds into the songs the other two are just like what if we put jay-z's lyrics on top of this lincoln park beat I'm like that's it like they didn't do it like i don't know like it just it's not a good i guess it was not a right idea but they just really <laughs> Well, and it's so I'm looking at the Wikipedia page, which you would link to right here, and it says the album is inspired by the Gray album by Danger Mouse, which is a mashup album between Jay Z and the Beatles, uh-huh. and that's actually good. That's a good mashup. Like, not every song works perfectly, but some of them are, are great. And this is just, I mean, it, I, a lot of the flaw here is just the fact that it's Linkin Park, <laughs> not a band <laughs> that is particularly aged well and wasn't that great at the time. Yeah. At least, like that yeah. was the sound. That was the sound at the time. That's a- and it's just it's weird stuff to listen to now. Oh, I mean, well, Lincoln Park was kind of weird to listen to at the time. I don't know, like Lincoln Park was fine, but like everybody 
Nobody really loved them. I thought they were just all right. They were a big fucking band. <laughs> yeah, they were big. Yeah, no, I know that. I'm just saying, like, I... every band had to have that DJ who would just like scratch back there a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Like yeah, band, my favorite one was Incubus. Or a, like, absolutely. Bow, bow, bow. And yeah. that was it. That was all he do is just like a little scratch here and there. I see. I like Incubus more, and I know that's. A I bad. like Incubus I a lot more. Oh, okay. We might have some bad music opinions. Actually, I don't know. I don't know how many people are out there still. Uh, I don't think anybody bar. thinks about these bands anymore. No, absolutely not. <laughs> they I think about Jay Z. They don't think about these. That is true. I yeah, I do. Mark. I still regularly listen to Jay Z. I think Incubus. I, Incubus. I put on every once in a while. Like I went back and I listened to Light Grenades like a fucking month ago or something. But uh, the fuck, like Lincoln Park, never. I, I don't like not not a one. Not like uh, again, like they were fine. I don't know. But people yeah, I, were they the, nah. I, I just, <laughs> the fact that. I just, I'm still, I don't know. It was just, I needed to, to, to talk about the fact that this album exists is a real thing out there. I mean, it, some oh, yeah. of these things made me laugh like the Cole Beasley rap album, which is why I wanted <laughs> to bring it up on here because like some of these songs were just that funny to me or I, I just, it was not a good mashup. Did not yeah. belong together. I, like, well, yeah, I think the thing with like Lincoln Park is like, I feel like Mike Shinoda should never rap. Like, I feel like that should have never been a thing. That, like, uh, he, just, Mike. he just, he just, that's what I call. <laughs> I I break down a Lincoln Park song. I'm like, yeah, Chester's screaming over here, and then rapping Mike comes. <laughs> but like, he just I don't know. Like his like he just sounds like an awkward rapper. I think. And then there's like a white guy rapping. Yeah, huh? he's and not that, a white guy rapping. But you know, yeah, it's and then like the uh, what was it the uh, like the one track is literally just him repeating Jay Z's lyrics, and it just sounds like awkward and like out of sync. I'm just like, all right, well, yeah. isn't like a good song. Like, this is just like objectively speaking, this isn't really good music. So, no, yeah. <laughs> so that. don't check out Collision Course or Cole Beasley's or rap just album. Listen, just listen to Numb Encore, and then you kind of like that's all you need. That's for a cultural reference that you probably didn't need to know about in the first place. That's about that's about it. <laughs> is yeah, that, that's about it. Of course. Uh, the one other non-hockey thing I wanted to reference before we get the hell out of here, because this has been a very long podcast, yeah. and I'm going to take a while to edit this sucker, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so, Dwayne Wade and Budweiser have teamed up for Bud Zero, a 50-calorie, alcohol-free beer. Dwayne Wade says it was designed with athletes in mind and others who can't drink due to their health or lifestyles. Buddy, nobody wants this. Yeah, and not a single person. If you can't, like, non-alcoholic beer is like a pretty pointless product to start with. I okay. So, sincere question: What is the, what is the market for that? I honestly, I think it's literally just to feel like you belong when other people are drinking. Okay. Because it doesn't, it doesn't taste good. No. And especially because like, n- not too many people make like good because qu- craft beer has been a big thing for a while now. And mm-hmm. there's not too many craft non-alcoholic beers. Yeah, there. exactly. I'm and sure somebody could do a really good one of those, but it's it's cool. usually like O'Doul's or some shit. Yeah. It's, I think it's mainly just Heineken. for people that are like, I'm at a party and I want to belong, but I don't want to drink really. Oh, that's my, okay. That might be what it be. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I just look so, at it like uh, if you're drinking like, alcohol, just, I don't know. Like there's one point to drinking alcohol. If, uh, like, yeah, <laughs> or like that's the way I'm looking at. I don't. Again. If you want something at the party, don't drink a Bud Zero drink. Yeah, I don't know. Just drink like a tonic water and lime yeah. or something. I'm sure or there's so, be like soda some... water and lime. Soda water and lime is great because it, it looks like you had a drink, but you don't, and you're just belonging oh, yeah. and good, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good idea. I'm sure there's like, not drink. <laughs> I'm sure there's some big angle that we're not looking at. We're gonna look like dumbasses when it comes to not but like it, it's gotta be just like fitting. It, it sounds it completely unappealing in every way. Yeah, exactly. And like I was trying to think of it as like is it a thing where it kinda tastes like it and then like people that are alcoholics are trying to like wean themselves off? Is that a possible? I think that's what with like O'Doul's and stuff like is for also. I think that's part of the market there, but I don't this just sounds weird it does sound yeah it just it really does sound weird but uh, it just seems like they keep on coming out with more stuff that isn't beer like that that's what it sounds like like the um like uh like the white claws it's just stuff that yeah. isn't just beer anymore so i i guess yeah do whatever you want i guess well, this is, i mean there's always cycles of this i mean remember when mike's hard lemonade and smirnoff ice came around that was a big deal zima zima, I remember. zima came back around there, again, and it's ter- it's what? terrible can't wait hold on like it came back now it came back like a year or two ago oh uh, that might be what caused all this with somebody thinking they nobody need to bring back zima that's probably what zima? put it yeah that's probably what all problem. i'll say on the subject of that is i tried it i think on father's day one of these years because uh i think my somebody had bought some and i tried it and i'm like this is terrible <laughs> and then i told somebody about the experience later he said well the problem is you didn't put a jolly rancher in there what oh of course Silly yeah. me Ooh, uh, putting the Jolly Rancher yeah, in the Zima, which is dumbass. I think the most nineties combination <laughs> you can think of. Yeah, why wouldn't you put candy in your alcoholic drink, Nimrod? Who, who like who doesn't think of that? Who doesn't do that who immediately? Think of that? Come on. Get Come on. Jesus. Oh god. Hey Craig, are you ready to go around the league? Around the league. Yeah, let's go around the league. I talk about these idiots. Uh well first the kind of big news, uh Mike Babcock. And uh, Mark Stewart will be joining the University of Vermont's hockey team as uh, coaches next season, uh, 2020-21 season. Uh, Babcock will join as a volunteer advisor, and Stewart will be a volunteer assistant coach. So there you go. Have fun, college kids. Uh, Brian Gibbons and Corey Connor. That sounds like a harsh college. I, right there. I would not want to play hockey at Vermont. Uh, Nick Lucas, lucky he got out now. Uh, that's what I'll say. Or years ago. Brian Gibbons and Corey Conacher will join Lucene HC in the NL. NLA in 2020-21. Brian's Gibb- Brian Gibbons is leaving Carolina. We had zero points, 15 games for the Hurricanes, and 18 points in 26 games for the Charlotte Checkers this season. Conacher is leaving Tampa Bay, where he had 1.4 games with the Lightning and 38 points in 44 games with the Syracuse Crunch. Uh, former New York Ranger prospect Sean Day signs with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning for one year, 700K for the 2020-21 season. Had four points in 16 games with the Hartford Wolfpack in the HL. And then 20 points in 36 games with the main Mariners in the ECHL, uh, who is the the Rangers ECHL affiliate. Uh, Sonny Milano signs an extension with the Ducks for two years, $1.7 million a year. He had five points in nine games with Anaheim after coming over from Columbus. Anthony Richard uh, stays in Nashville for one year at a cap hit of 735K. Uh, center has taken part in just two games for the Predators over the last two seasons. Uh, Anders Bork is staying with the Bruins for three more years at a cap at a 1.6 million. Uh, Bjork had 19 points, nine of which were goals in 58 games for the bees this season. And then a uh, former St. Louis defenseman, but Terry Limbaum, uh, will play for the EHC Beal BN in the NLA next season. Uh, last played in the NHL in 2016, 17, uh, Keaton Ellerby will play for Ferenvosi TC in the Ersta Liga, which is a league with clubs from Hungary, Romania, and Austria. Uh, I'm only mentioning Keaton Ellerby because he was the 10th overall pick in 2007. So uh, 
Yeah, he was a wow. pretty big time bust. Uh, not not really good. Yeah, genuine wow there. Yeah, I mean, he tenth overall uh, in 2007 was out of the league by 2013-14. So really, that's a sharp NHL career. Uh, Jordan Schwartz. Who drafted him? Uh, Panthers, I believe. Yeah, Panthers. Yikes. Uh, that seems like a Panthers move. Panthers, uh, yeah, don't don't go back and look at Panthers draft history. It's a, it's a good time. Uh, Jordan Schwartz is leaving uh, is leaving the Ottawa uh, franchise for Torpedo Nizhny Novgorod in the KHL next season. Uh, zero points in three games for the Senators this season, and he also had thirty six points in forty six games for the Belleville Senators. Uh, and that is damn the torpedoes. Jordan uh, is coming. <laughs> okay, you know what? We're done. That's I'm done. Uh, yeah, we're good. Yep. Folks, if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Yes. Now that hockey's back, Craig, what are you working on? I mean, uh, I'm working on stuff for next week now. I was going to try and do something tonight, but this episode has been uh, it's been something else. But uh, I'm pretty much just going to start doing uh, – I was going to break down tape uh, after the Bruins and Caps and Lightning games uh, against the Flyers and try and do – some articles on that and um i still want to do still got to do an article looking at individual awards uh do that uh, do an article looking at the history of the flyers uh post seasons where they had a first round bye, and then start doing draft coverage uh as well so all that is still on the docket and will start happening uh pretty soon i got that going all right all right keep a lookout for that yeah, keep a lookout. sports are bad on the twitters mm-hmm. you can reach me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but for your hockey needs, make it Flyperbole. And be sure to follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey. All that good stuff. Follow Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. Blah, blah, blah. You know the game. Mm-hmm. we got all these great podcasts to listen to. Kelly's back doing checking out the competition. Bill's back doing post games. And, of course, BSH Radio is back and stronger than ever. So, uh, great stuff all around. I think we're putting out a, a tangy tent. That you folks, no, we're getting it back. Getting it back. Get that's how BSH got the groove back. All right, folks, (laughs) I'm tired. You're tired. Let's go. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig. But not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!